Vince. Oh, for Christ's sakes, Vince. I didn't pose open leg for Ric Flair. That I was didn't. For, that was for Randy. Oh, Randy. From Television City in Hollywood. The following rustic exhibition requires discretionary viewer participation. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 98th edition of GFA Live. I am your host, Peter Winston, and boy, this is a special one today. It's been a long and winding road, but we have finally arrived in Indianapolis, Indiana, April 5, 1992, for WrestleMania 8. And we're going to be finding out how it went down at 8. And joining me today, as always, is a guy who definitely knows how it went down at 8. My amigo, my compadre, my best friend in the whole world, a man who wouldn't give up on a hockey team if they were down one nothing, Mr. Keithy Langston. How are you? Hey, how are you? Good to see you. Yeah, apparently I didn't. Oh, well, you talk about get, being down on game one. I didn't even realize they had played game two already, and apparently they got blown out in game two. Oh, I. I, I meant from when they had allowed the first goal in last oh, night's game as well. So you're, oh, yeah. yes. No, I would never be down and out on a team that I barely followed over the course of the season. But congratulations, Pete. I know you were there last night. Thank you. And I'm glad that we're operating on sep- separate wavelengths for this very, very important show, WrestleMania 8. <laughs> no, but- we're back on track. It was just a quick sl- It was just a misstep. Um, it, it, was a bit of a st- it was a bit of a stumble, but we're okay now. <laughs> Well, <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we're all going to take a deep breath. I, lo- I may have lost my voice last night, so I'm going to sound. going to fuck everything up. It, yeah. I, I'm I, sorry. I'm sorry, Tootie. I'm sorry. I may have I may have yelled too much at last night's game, and now mm. I'm going to sound like Craig DeGeorge on the Coliseum version of WrestleMania 4. You know how it went down on that, right? I know how it went down at 4, but I'm more <laughs> interested in how it goes down on 8. Not you. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't stop laughing at Craig. De- them forcing Craig DeGeorge to work when he fucking had laryngitis. <laughs> I mean, he couldn't couldn't talk. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> I'm interested in finally exploring the actual WrestleMania Eight instead of all the lead up and build to it that we have been yeah. going through in painstaking detail for <laughs> approximately 17 percent of our lives in the year 2022. And rebooking as well. <laughs> I think yeah. we've re- we've rebooked the show four or five times already. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was weird that time off air that we we ended up with a main event of Haku versus Berserker for the AWA title. Like, what the <laughs> fuck are we yeah. doing? We were just, you know what? We were throwing we were throwing pasta at the wall and seeing if anything sticks. You know, <laughs> throwing pasta at the wall. Thank you. That's very nice of you to say. <laughs> anyway. So, yes, the WrestleMania, and I guess this is going to be the original pay-per-view broadcast. And luckily for us, it is WrestleMania 8 and not WrestleMania 32, which is still not concluded in Dallas, Texas. No. From from six years. The Triple H-Roman Reigns match is still going on, which is probably why Hunter's got heart problems, you know, trying to work a a six-and-a-half-year match. Yes. Luckily, this one... Checks in at a healthy two hours, 49 minutes, and seven mm. seconds. 
That's actually that's a very fast pay per view. I for for Mania, yeah. After yeah. how you know you had three and a half, four hour WrestleManias, four mm. hours at four, and then three and a half at five. This this runs in ju- this runs in in less this ends in less time than Avengers Endgame. So you know, and I gladly sat through that twice. So I will gladly sit through this again. How long was that movie? It was over three hours. It was like I think it was three oh three. Believe it or not. <laughs> Three weighing three hundred and three. Well, it's not three hundred three minutes. <laughs> no, it wasn't three hundred three minutes. So, how excited are you to hear Vince introduce this show formal with his like full on full throated uh, Vince? I'm ha- I'm half stacked right now. Actually, I'm fully <laughs> stacked right now. So, yeah. I just hope you're talking about pancakes in this case. <laughs> The World Wrestling Federation proudly presents WrestleMania. I, hold on, I, I like the skyline that they put in for Indianapolis. It, it really reminds me of the One Day at a Time opening theme. <laughs> you love that One Day at a Time opening opener, I, don't you? I'm sorry. It's it's just it's just sorry. fantastic. Sorry. <laughs> how come they don't ever go back? How come they? How come you don't? Ugh. How come they don't go back to Indianapolis for another? They got another stadium over there they could do. Christ, they pump in friggin' cheering in that stadium. They would have been perfect for wrestling. Vince is never going back there after the way tickets sold for this one. He probably looks at the city and he's like, "Fuck them. Where I couldn't, I couldn't fill this dome for Jesus. WrestleMania." Yeah. But they'll, but they'll gladly go to Dallas and tr- and dare try to fill up a hundred thousand seat stadium. I, I don't know. Vince is a very petty individual. I, I don't I don't know if you knew that. Oh, I, I don't know if you knew. It's that. it's it's not a Jesse Ventura thing. Everybody knows how petty Vince is. I mean, starting with the fact that when Raw got bumped out of Denver in 2009, and there hasn't been an event of consequence run in Denver since. Yeah. That that I know of. I mean, yeah, they did a Raw. I remember in February of 2014, but there ain't been a pay per view there for 13 years. And you think Denver is a major American city. So that's why they don't go back to Indy and run it in the new dome. And also, I think that they're very conscious about making it a desirable travel destination in late March, early April. And I don't hmm. know if Indianapolis is that. Yeah, it's probably why they won't go to Detroit either. You know, Detroit, I guess. Yeah. Well, they went to Detroit for 23. Yeah, but and... that's what, it's, it's, um, it's nothing against the people of Detroit. It's it's more or less who wants to hang out in Detroit in like the early of earliest of spring you know nobody talk, can imagine you're talking to somebody who willingly went to grand rapids michigan at the end of february once so i i'm but that's you i'm the wrong audience for that particular yeah. comment i mean i yeah 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 wwf champion rick flair defends the title against the number one contender the macho man randy savage Sad that they showed Savage uh, hitting Coco with the big elbow. I don't. I don't like those Survivor Series '88 teammates. Ding, going at it. I like that. Uh, I like the writing that they have. I don't know what this this very '90s bold, bold first letter and then like you know smaller font rest yeah. of the name. I like that. The good very news 90s. is the good news is they fixed those fucked up H's from uh, yes, from the counter. God. To WrestleMania show. By the way, we're 16 seconds in. <laughs> <laughs> the maniacal Sid Justice goes one on one with the immortal Hulk Hogan. And what could prove to be Hulk Hogan's farewell match? It's 
This giant Hogan is going to devour us all. (laughs) They showed him coming up from like behind. I don't think it's the Indianapolis skyline. I think it's just a generic skyline. (laughs) And look at that stupid. Look at that long entrance way. Yeah. I mean, that that's going to that's going to fuck them up for this show. Oh, look at that sign. Heenan for a new WWF president. Well, people were sick of Tunney at this point. Well, there would be a person in that broadcast booth who would become WWF president. This is true. This just much not, is true. Just not him. No. I don't think we necessarily need to hear their intro, uh, other than maybe Heenan promising naked Elizabeth for the hundredth time. Look at him looking up in the rafters. He's like, where is it? I don't know yeah. where it is. Imagine, oh, yeah. imagine Heenan really thought that they were going to have like a, a nude picture of Elizabeth. I mean, there's really no other way to uh, kind of interpret what he's going to say here. What do you? Yes. I was going to say, what do you think? What do you think it would have taken for Savage to allow a naked Elizabeth in the thing? There's nothing. nothing. No, I think if Vince had promised him a year-run title reign, where not only does he beat Flair, he gets to beat Hogan in like an immediate rematch of of five and he gets to pin Hogan one, two, three in the center of the ring. I bet you if Vince had offered him that Savage would have been like, sure. Okay. Put her up there. Spread wide. Spread Eagle. (laughs) You know what? You know what? I, I think, I think there's a lot of currency to your theory there. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sorry. I I got that backwards. No, You're a little late there. Evil laugh guy. That's okay. But what about, and then he says, all right, so we're going to do King of the Ring. You're going to beat, they're going to do a King of the Ring a year early and you're going to beat Hogan in the main event straight up one, two, three. And then at SummerSlam, you're going to pin the warrior straight up one, two, three. Savage would have been like, book it, get Larry Flint, get him in here. We're going to put it out there. Big spread. True, but, you know, promises in wrestling are uh, made to be broken. True, this is true. This much is certain. Yes. So, okay, okay, so let's let's hear Heenan uh, promise us pornography. Centerfolds, mm-hmm. pin-up pictures of Elizabeth that Ric Flair promised to show on those big screens. Don't start! <laughs> WWF Tag Team belts up! Don't start. <laughs> Gorilla gets extremely indignant at certain points of this show. I mean, the, there's one that's funnier than all the rest, and, and you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. A certain person who would become associated with Elizabeth. Oh, boy. Oh, here we are, Tito's sister. They should have had B. Arthur sing the national anthem. Too much Reba, too little golden girls. <laughs> too much Reba. You, you, you want to know what happened is the day after I complained about that, I logged into Hulu and, like, at the top, recommended for you was fucking Reba. Ah! I was like, you've got to be kidding me. I'm in the middle of what, you know, I have Golden Girls on here. She did the uh, national anthem and not America the Beautiful. What? Listen to this. All right, she's Well, you know what I'm going to do later in the anthem, right? Mm. You're gonna start singing the Canadian Red. national anthem. <laughs> what? No, it's a it's it's a Baltimore thing. Oh, Sid the man that 
I, I couldn't read the whole sign. It was cut off. Wait, what's the Baltimore thing? Oh, I'm, I'm going to show you in one second here. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. All right, good. Oh! <laughs> Yellow during the National Anthem. Is that what they all do? Yeah, I even do it at Bruins games. <laughs> I mean, I might not be able to do it tomorrow if my voice doesn't come back. Mm. Look at that guy in the American flag shirt. What a piece of work. He kind of looks like uh, fucking Baron Corbin's father. <laughs> a real piece of work. I can see where the hair loss came from. Yes. Male pat- was... What? Go ahead. Male pattern baldness is a bitch. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Uh... <laughs> Reba McIntyre wearing a belt only half as big as the Willie Nelson Intercontinental title. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's Tito Sosa. Stop at the Reba McIntyre. It is not. <laughs> this contest. I'll tell you right now. I, I, there's no way to open a show better than having Tito Santana's El Matador music play throughout an entire dome stadium. <laughs> not even the boss man's theme. Nope. No, this because you get that. You get the Mexican National Anthem playing at the beginning. It's fantastic. So I saw something about an hour before we started recording about uh, Tito, uh, a daughter finding out that Tito was her fa- her father. Oh. Yeah. You mean Tito slept around? Hey, he was in a blowjob babyface team, and sometimes a blowjob just... Just isn't enough, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I mean, you thought he was—you thought he was an awkward fit with Martel. Oh no. I think Tino was scoring as much poon as Tom Zank. Wow. You think um, as much as Stan Lane? No. Oh no, God, no. That's like, did um, did so and so hit as many home runs as Babe Ruth back in the day? It's like, no, no. But now you're going to get to hear Sensational Sherry singing. Probably like heartburn, too. Oh, boy! Hey, there's Vladimir. Hey! <laughs> yeah. It took him five minutes, 36 seconds to get to down to the camera. ring. Yeah. No, no. Uh, which is approximately infinity less than it will take for them to actually release that documentary they promised. Yes. Over a year ago. I wonder why. I wonder why they just they haven't, you know, released it yet. I wonder if there's some sort of rights issue that um, with, with something or other. I don't know. Hmm. But it, it, but the whole thing is just strange. I mean, how do you make the whole thing and then advertise it and then be like, you know what, we're not running it. You know what, we're all set. Thank you. I'm very sad. This is the last time we're going to see the Tito versus Mar- uh, Michaels graphic. Yeah. It's a shame. Mm. It's the end of, all, a, end, end of an era. All, all these graphics. We're never going to see Hogan's arms over the uh, WrestleMania banner. <laughs> This is this is like a wake here. Look, 
you can't dwell on it, okay? <laughs> you, can't. you can't let your mind dwell on it. Just enjoy the show. Yes. So Shawn Michaels opened the show two years in a row. And then yeah. in reality, three years in a row, because actually, yes, the first match of nine, you know how it went down at nine, was Tatanka against Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels opened the show three years in a row at WrestleMania, huh? Mm-hmm. Yep. I wonder if um I wonder if anybody else is I wonder if anybody else has that distinction of opening a show like multiple Op- times. Is, is Shawn Michaels the 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 leader of that? To open a WrestleMania? Yeah. Well, now that there's been 38 of them, it'd be very hard for me to go back and uh and think, okay, is there anybody who did it 3 years in a row? I would assume that there's nobody who did it 4 years in a row. Yeah. Because I know, like, at 14, they did a battle royal to lead off. Yeah. Yeah. Now, while you were talking there, Heenan said the line about Sherry being his pinup girl. I don't know if you have a, a retort to that. I mean, he's – where do you think I got the line from? I mean, you know, all respect to Bobby <laughs> Heenan, but, I mean – Oh, you didn't come up with that independently? <laughs> I wish I did. I really do. Because, in all honesty, she is my pinup girl. Mm-hmm. There's nothing more sexy than a sensational Sherry. See, even though things maybe weren't going as well for her from a physical perspective as we got further into 92, her outfits at the pay-per-views got even better. Sure. That's why she wasn't at Survivor Series 92. She wasn't selling the injury. She just knew she was never going to do any better than SummerSlam 92. Ding. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no dings. That's not a ding. (laughs) No dings. I almost said that Tito and Sean were teammates at that pay-per-view, but that is not the case because Tito was working singles at that time. So he was in that he was in that Bizarro team with Duggan, Jake, Scott Casey, and Ken Patera. Oh God! What a fucking lineup! What a fucking lineup! <laughs> so you can kind of see in the background there some empty seats towards the backs of the yeah. upper level. <laughs> What did Bobby Heenan just say where Gorilla says, don't start? <laughs> oh, I, I don't know. Oh. I mean, there's so many of those during the show. I mean, it's kind of the old. I mean, you oh, can he must have been this... doing a. It must have been a B-Fair to Flair. It must have been a yeah. B-Fair to Flair or something. Of course, yes. And if you were to call D, I doubt you could understand what he said anyway. He can't speak English, you know. <laughs> you can't. Oh, boy, Tito kids. Yeah, well. Jesus, that's a little racist there, Bobby. The guy's from Texas. It's not. <laughs> he lived in New Jersey at this time. Do you have a Do you have a problem with a match like this, where the winner, it's not a title match. Yeah. But the winner is clearly telegraphed beforehand. I mean, yeah, we know what El Matador is at this point, but I have to admit, it does take some some of the edge off when you really know how how it's going to go well don't forget mounty lost to the boss man and then got a massive push and the boss man didn't so i would say at this time in wrestling at this time it doesn't I, I, not that i want to say win wins losses didn't count because they did but i mean the, again the mounty lost he got humiliated at SummerSlam, but he did such a good job he immediately gets put into a program with brett hot which is awesome 
So, and the boss man ends up doing nothing until Nail shows up. Remember, he gets put into a program with IRS. That's I mean, what's good, worse than that? It's a good point. The Mountie, who a lot of people did one day, uh, one day in the joint, but he actually did 20 years in the can. His brother Raymond. His brother Raymond. <laughs> Whatever happened there? This, this is my kid brother Raymond. <laughs> Whatever happened there? Whatever, Whatever happened, happened there? there. <laughs> all right, all right. Maybe we should try to limit rest, the Sopranos rest, talk. Rest, rest in peace. God rest his soul. Tragedy. <laughs> what happened there? Was this cocksucker's? I can't even say his name. They kind of work a slow pace here at the beginning and, and kind of ramp it up. Yeah. Which which I think is, pre- is pretty good. I think it's more reflective of Tito's style than, than Sean's. But you keep saying this name, Tito. I, it's Chico. <laughs> Tito, Tito Santana, father of our country, apparently. <laughs> Come on, Tito. It's Mother's Day weekend, not Father's Day weekend. I like how uh, I like how Tito's. The, the pink on his on his boots and his arm his wristbands are is really pink like it's it's a light pink it's even lighter than Bret Hot's it seems like he's seems like he's sending his his gear to the same cleaner as the Bulldogs no no he's accessorizing and he needs it to match that tissue that he carries around <laughs> Ole <laughs> <laughs> our referee for this bout is Captain Kangaroo. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I, I don't know guy. who that is. This guy sucks. <laughs> Holy shit! Did you see that two count there? It was the most emphatic count I've ever yeah. seen a guy do. He like he he slammed his arms so hard into the mat. I thought we were gonna have a Randy Orton separated shoulder sort of deal. He was kicking out his legs at one. <laughs> yeah. Who the hell is this referee? I've never seen him on any other show ever. He does. He has this stupid mustache. This terrible bowl cut. What a dickhead. Gorilla Gorilla just said he's never seen a guy pinned with a side headlock. <laughs> and Heenan replied that he once pinned a guy with a side headlock. <laughs> you did not. <laughs> I like the time Heenan was like, I once faced a guy he gave up during the instructions. <laughs> nowadays, they don't even do the instructions so much before the match. No. The only yeah. time the only time you ever get the instructions read is at the rumble. Yeah. Well, I mean, no, just like the referee pantomiming, like talking to the guys, checking for foreign objects, all that shit. Yeah. Tito goes over the top rope to the floor, and Sherry uh, is pondering if she's going to do a little dirty work here. I believe this guy. I believe this referee is called Roger Ruffin. Okay. Is his name, and that's because on Wikipedia they give you the names of the referees. But I'm going to the Google images, and none of the pictures of him are coming up. In fact, a lot of the images are Carl Anderson, which is kind of interesting. Uh, I don't oh. believe this is Carl Anderson, though. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't think so. But Carl Anderson of AEW fame. If it's if it's Ron, uh, if it's Ron Ruffin or whatever the name was. Yeah, Roger. Uh, Ruffin. Ro- Roger Ruffin. Uh, yes. He'd be if Chris Berman were here, he'd call him Roger. Two minutes for Ruffin. <laughs> <laughs> Hi yo. That took me a while oh. to get there. Oh, but. he referees the Bret Hart Piper match. Oh, okay. Oh God. 
Oh, this is him, Roger Ruffin. Here we go. Look at him. Oh, what a dickhead. Look at look at look at the way his arm goes in for those counts, though. You you, you don't have to send your hand through the fucking mat, referee. Jeez. No, I, I'm trying to think of who who he's who that's like. I don't know. Is that uh, seems to be a unique a unique type of uh, refereeing individual there. They keep screwing up on the production and showing empty seats in the background. It's like they haven't quite figured that out. Shoot lower. Well, you know who you know who they haven't hired yet. Well, the master of the quick take, the quick oh, cut. What are you kidding me? He was definitely there. He was already here at this time. Kevin Dunn was there in the eighties. Oh, Kevin Dunn's been, ru- but he wasn't ruining the product back then. Why? Yeah, because he was lower on the food chain. But him and oh, that's right, because Bobby Heenan makes fun of him at that uh, primetime wrestling. Yeah, that's right. Where he's got the oh, there it is, a crescent kick. Reverse <laughs> <laughs> crescent kick. Haku's was always better than Sean's. Sure. That's why they had to rebrand Sean's. In fact, I don't know if you know this, mm-hmm. but Haku named his bitter chin music, which is why, because it, it was bitter. And ah. then, uh, all right, that crashed and burned. That was a bad joke. So I, <laughs> I thought you were going to say sweet Tongan music. Ah, that would have been better. See, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about here. One of the ads at the back of the uppers there is for Winston cigarettes. The uppers. Yeah, Winston. Anybody got a Winston? I sound like I smoked half a pack of did Winstons. You, but yet you didn't smoke Winstons when you smoked cigarettes, did you? That, that's right. I smoked Marlboros. I didn't Why? like the taste of Winstons. I just uh. didn't. Yeah, taste actually matters when it comes to cigarettes. That's why a lot of people like uh, menthol cigarettes, which I guess are on the verge of being banned, which I don't think is necessarily a good idea, but like whatever. Banned fully? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason why you don't want to ban cigarettes in general, so why would you want to ban one specific thing? I mean, I don't know. Why is there? What's the reason you don't want to ban them in general? Because you would have a huge black market for it, and oh. then all hell would break loose, and then not just Dino Bravo would die. Oh, oh and there, Tito gets to hit his finisher, but Sean wisely rolls out of the ring. Mm-hmm. Protects, protects El Matador. Sorry that I keep calling him Tito. And now it's time for our screwed up finish. I mean, it, it really does look screwed up. Where he slant, he he holds onto the rope and then they just sort of fall. And then it's like a regular fall. Yeah. Heenan tries to cover by saying Tito hit his head, but then Tito gets up immediately, thereby it's it's weird. There's a lot of Lot, lot wrong with this. Which, which stinks because it's a really good match. Yeah, leading up to that point, I thought it was paced well. I liked Captain Kangaroo's angry, angry two counts. It's not as good as the uh, seven opener, which is just awesome. Did banger. you see the sign there a second ago, behind Sean? Uh. Uh-uh. I'm gonna rewind it here, and then I'm gonna hit pause. See that right there at eighteen twelve. Whoa! The right side of the screen, a person with a sign that says "Bring back the warrior." Well, wow. only, only time will tell, huh? <laughs> that person went home happy. 
That was definitely, oh yeah. That is definitely not a pre-made sign either, judging by the handwriting. Also, I don't think WWE would be keen on trying to spoil their surprise. It would be uh, funny if no. they, conf- they confiscated the guy's sign and then Warrior shows up. <laughs> or they confiscate the sign, the guy gets pissed, leaves, and then finds out later that Warrior <laughs> shows up. <laughs> Sherry, been... it... I'll go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was just going to say, Sherry getting shoved to the mat by Sean for the posing routine mm-hmm. shows once again that Sherry was into rough trade. Take it easy. <laughs> look, I'm not saying one way or the other. Oh, look, they brought back the fucked up H font for, oh, the, uh, hot, for the hotline ad. See how long it takes them to walk to the back? There's probably an extra minute, minute and a half in here. You add it up, that's how you lose Bulldog Berserker. But the pay-per-view is only two and a half hours long. They could have had a, another match. Oh, 249. Or- Okay, it still was under three hours. Yeah, but you don't want to fuck up and and miss the big finish. You don't want to be WCW at, what was it, Halloween Havoc 98, where they yeah. literally ran out of clock? Yeah. Oh, God, this fucked up thing. I always forget about this. Here they come. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is WrestleMania, but we're doing a fucking platform interview like this is Wrestling Challenge. And then Heenan has to do this, like, overselling, like, oh, Paul Ellering's a big deal. It upsets me. It upsets me, Jimmy. <laughs> it upsets me. The, the weird thing about this is that Paul Ellering is the only wrestler, is the only manager in professional wrestling that was legitimately a manager. Yeah. Like, that's what, that's what I find funny, is that every other manager was just a guy that they put with another dude to have it be, you know, a talk piece. Did you, did, when they were walking out, did you notice that you could see in the background that Sean and Sherry were still making their way back? That no, is a long. Wait, that, is a, that is a oh. long aisle way. See right there. <laughs> They're making their way back as the cra- as the camera comes down the aisle through the crowd, and now Heenan's going to do the sell of he- the Ellering. Well, oh no! You know who that is? Who is that? Oh wait a minute. No. <laughs> I liked how I liked how Paul Ellering's WWF run in the nineties can be summed up with two things. Rocco and then him just gripping a newspaper. <laughs> like a rolled up newspaper. I'm not gonna kill him for gripping that because when I get those poster programs at Bruins games, I usually roll those up when I walk around the arena. I Holy shit, do I look like Paul Ellering? No, but hold I, on. <laughs> it's you might. It, you very well. It, are you wearing sunglasses? No, I don't wear sunglasses inside. What am okay. I, a maniac? Are you carrying around a puppet? Uh, no. You could. You could say Merrill's your puppet, but, well, you could use to say Merrill's your puppet. Yeah, he, he, yeah he doesn't come to games no more. So. No. Yeah. <laughs> he's gone? He's gone. <laughs> Where is he? Oh, well, you could say he's on his honeymoon, but I'd prefer to say that. He's gone, and we couldn't do nothing about it. Yeah. <laughs> what can you say? That's that is one of the great things about being a best man is you're kind of like you're sending that guy off into obscurity. It's kind of nice. <laughs> now, when they when when Heenan, Heenan doesn't say Paul, when Ellering, they go, 
When they go? When they go? He doesn't say Paul Ellering. He's like, oh, my God, you know who that is? You know who that is? And then they never say who it is. You know who that is? No, who is that? I don't fucking know. And their new gear. Joined by their longtime manager, Paul Ellering. Well, there you go. They left it for uh, Gene to say the name. I mean, does anyone know who the hell Paul was? Well, oh, wait, oh was, yeah. No, 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 no. They have TBS. Come on. Okay. Was Paul Ellering with them all the way up until they left? Yeah. The, uh, WCW? Yep. He was. He was there at Capital Combat 90, which was their last pay-per-view. Okay, it, it right. was in that's, the, that's fine. Literally the most fucking ridiculous hair versus hair match of all time. Him versus Teddy Long. Oh, that's a Capital Combat 90? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right, all right. Okay. Maybe we'll watch that one sometime. No. <laughs> Maybe only that could if, be 100. <laughs> only if we could watch RoboCop 2 after that. Not one. Not RoboCop 1, starring the incomparable Ronnie Cox. I want to watch RoboCop 2. I'm going to need to watch 1, or else I'm not going to be able to follow along what's going on. It's like when I watched The Many Saints of Newark and had no fucking idea what was going on. <laughs> you, have no idea what, you have no idea what's going on? You've never seen RoboCop 1? No. You never I told, have? I told you. I have a blind spot for, like, certain movies. Especially, <laughs> like, yeah. All right, we'll have to watch Robo. RoboCop is actually a pretty good movie. RoboCop Two is ridiculous, and RoboCop Three is just garbage. Mm. <laughs> yeah, we don't really need to listen to Paul Ellering. I mean, no, nobody wants to hear that. This is the worst error of Legion of Doom. I mean, there's there's cause for hope here. No, there isn't. No, there is in terms of. All right, we've reunited them with their old manager. Maybe they'll get their mojo back, but instead enter a puppet two months from now. They that's okay. Here's the all right. Putting the kayfabe hat on, okay? They never yeah. lost their fucking mojo. They got screwed out of the tag titles and then fell into obscurity. It's like from a kayfabe point of view, this did not need to happen. They could have come back beat up Money, Inc., beat up the Natural Disasters, beat up the Beverly Brothers, whoever the hell you want to throw in front of them, and win their titles back. There was nothing going on. They brought in Paul Ellering because Vince was like, we need somebody to control fucking Hawk. No, he was basically kind of like their actual real-life yes. manager. Not like, kind of the way Jimmy Hart was for, for Hogan. Although Jim, Jimmy, I see, is more of a uh, consigliere. Than a uh, than a manager for Hogan. I I find Jimmy Hart is the guy who basically picked up all the receipts up from the places that Hogan went to, and was kind of like holding his receipts for when his accountant needed to do his finances. Some reason I can picture Jimmy Hart running across a room carrying a bunch of receipts, like like <laughs> instead of putting them in a box, he's like trying to hold all of them like yeah. in his arms, like like George when he had them all in his wallet. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, you had Animal who was, like, who couldn't control Hawk. So they bring in Paul Ellering to control Hawk because he's a friggin' clown. And, and, and then they just said, you know what? And then it turned into Vince saying, how can I embarrass another former NWA guy? Oh, let's put him with puppets. I don't think it was that. I think it was just, like, a, stup a stupid idea. Never underestimate the capacity of somebody to just do... 
something absolutely something stupid for no reason. You got a a good point there. Thank you. I mean, you know, they put a guy in a rooster, you know, bit years before this. I don't know. Like Vince must have seen some sort of puppet show and was like, God damn, that's going to get over. And 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 that's how it went down. Mm. You know how it went down. Well, don't forget. I mean, they they said that I read recently that they were going to release Alexa Bliss a lot sooner than they might possibly still release Alexa Bliss. But the reason being is because they really thought that she was going to sell Lily dolls. Yeah. And, I mean, that's just, again, it's just another version of a puppet. So maybe they thought that they were going to sell a ton of Rocco dolls. And oddly enough, in some of the... They started doing this recently with the with the action figures, the WWF action figures, where you can build a person, and I think you build Rocco and fucking uh, oh. Paul Ellering in one of them. There's like a group of them, like you buy five guys and you can build Rocco and fucking Paul Ellering. So can I, even in 2022, they're still selling Rocco dolls. Can I propose an alternate for uh, Legion of Doom's run here? Now, I understand, obviously, they wanted to sell merch with them. Those, those yeah. little shoulder pads. Yep. Just have him go on a killing spree. Just kill everybody for like a year. Make it oh, like yeah. a thing. You can have. <laughs> you, mean El- like, you mean like a killing spree metaphorically? Yes. They just destroy everybody on TV. They destroy, you know, some mid card teams and mm-hmm. e- even some upper teams. You can have them gradually turn heel along the way. And then, then. On raw, let let's assume Hawk keeps his act together. Yeah, I know it's a stretch. It's a stretch. You get to Raw in February. LOD is built up as these monsters, and they come out and confront Brutus Beefcake after his fucking sob story speech, and they attack him in some way. I'm not mm-hmm. suggesting a spike to the eye because mm-hmm. you know that's already been that's already been done that eh? Mm-hmm. And you have Hogan come out. And then you do Hogan Beefcake versus LOD at Mania. Just do a schmoz finish, and, and that's sure. that. How about that? that? How that about sounds... that? Hey, you know, my big. I told you what my big problem with LOD the whole time they were here anyway, so that actually sounds pretty good to me. But they didn't. Vince didn't want to turn them heel for whatever reason, which, I mean, it, it would have been fresh to this audience, to the WWF audience. All right. Well, just like turning Hogan heel. Well, we're back in the fake locker room area with Jake Roberts. And um, we're going to have to say goodbye to him. Yeah. Very, very soon. Very soon. And, uh, well, I guess Mooney's going to do rehash of this. Oh, man. You see, that's how rumors get started. Why are you so nervous, my man? Why are you so nervous, my man? (laughs) You know, I believe reptiles of the world <laughs> is his favorite category. Now, is that Damien Revelations or the other one? <laughs> it's the cobra, the unnamed cobra. I never named the cobra. I should have, but I didn't. But we'll just say that the cobra is named Retribution. Oh, I, w- I would have guessed that the cobra that bit Savage was ironically named Lanny. <laughs> No, Lanny had his own Cobra. 
damn it, you son of a bitch. We're 25 minutes into this show and you got. <laughs> All right. Sometimes I do, sometimes you say something. I lose my composure for five seconds, five beats. All right, Jake, go. Little noise. We both know that Jack Tunney is senile as he is. Would not let me bring my favorite little pet to the ring, now don't we? Well, I know President Jack Tunney would not sanction such a move. I also know he did not approve of your recent actions during your visit to the funeral parlor. Your visit? He just doesn't know how to have fun. That's all it was, was a little fun. In my own way, the biggest man doesn't always win. No, no, he doesn't. The strongest man doesn't always win. No, but the smartest man, the coldest man. Watch this, brother. Ooh, short ride, bad landing. <sighs> But look at the Undertaker here. The trap was set, the trap was sprung, and I got just what I want. Look at him. Helpless. Very helpless. Now, I'm going to take my time. Yeah, I can enjoy the things that I want to in life. And yes, I'm going to enjoy this. Check this out. And I've played this over my mind a million times. And don't think for a moment that I didn't enjoy this. Watch this. Boom! Huh? A little fun for me. None for you. The DDT's where it lays, big man. So what are you going to do when I hook it and get what I want from you? Well, Jake Roberts, it looked as though you hit The Undertaker with everything you had, but he just kept coming. Simple foreplay. When the time comes, I will hook the head and I will drive you through, man. I will put the final nail in your own coffin. Trust me. <laughs> you know, I think... Uh... He did a people's eyebrow at the end. I think that I think that Brian Cranston modeled his Heisenberg persona after Jake Robbins. Hmm, if you listen to the way if you listen if you listen to the way he talks, it's very much the way like Brian Cranston would when he would change into Heisenberg is how he talked. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past Brian Cranston to steal from wrestling. I mean, we all know Brian Cranston's a huge wrestling fan. Did you know that? I did not know that. Are you playing the bullshit game with me here? Uh, maybe. You never mm. know. Because I didn't get that far into Breaking Bad, so. Oh, my God. You never. How far in did you get? I get to the episode with the with the bathtub and the acid. That's right. We were talking about this the other day. I can't. That's the next show you have to just. It's it's a lot like. Do you watch Succession? No. It's a lot like success. Well, I don't feel that way, but people have said, I've heard people, other people say that I, it took me a few episodes to get into succession. Um, I've heard people say that about breaking bad, not for me, for me, I was immediately hooked on the first episode and I was like, this is the greatest show I've ever seen. I will say this honest to God. And this is not a bullshit. Around, I think that breaking bad is seriously the only dramedy or drama. If you want to just call it, that gets better every single episode. Hmm. It, it's okay. it's fantastic. It goes from like 9.0 to 9.05 to 9.1 to 9.15. It's the show is just fantastic the entire time. There's only like one critique of the show that I have, and it just it has to do with a lot of like the storylines with his wife. But other than that, everything that has to do with um, Walter White is fantastic. The guy's phenomenal. It's the, it's unbelievable. You would love it. Try it again. Uh, apparently, Brian Cranston once sat on Be Becky Lynch's lap at a Broadway show without knowing who she was. See? See? Told you. He's a big wrestling fan. See how long it took Taker to get to the fucking ring? 
That's like two minutes. Bulldog and Berserker should be fucking pissed. Well, it's thank God it's not Undertaker from like 36 or 37 or 38 or get that, 35. Get, the, get that guy a fucking Vespa. <laughs> I wrote a Vespa. Is that Liz? Yeah, not well. I uh, know that was Cheryl, that was Cheryl Roberts. They're oh, showing her in the crowd, and she's going to reunite with Jake at the end of hey, this match. They're going back to that well. You laugh, but speaking of, apparently I know he they're is back getting together. back. Yeah, he's getting back together with Cheryl Roberts. It's it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Uh, it is it's wonderful. Uh, hey, if only I had that drop. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, no. I don't have that one. A lot of other Sopranos drops that I could add that I haven't yet. That I know, um, well, we talked about it before we started recording. The fuck, I'm, I'm perfectly capable of saying, Look at this fucking lineup myself. Look at this, look at this fucking lineup. I don't like looking at Richie April, he upsets me. He's not a good looking human being, yeah, but he's the one who should have been boss. <laughs> um. Yeah, you can make an argument, but no, that's where he's 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 screwing Janice, and she's going, oh, "It should be you. You should have been boss." Yeah, but he Ugh. also. Oh, oh, wait, no, it's Ralphie who has the weird sex. Uh, oh privities. God, Ralphie! Oh. Look at look Uh-oh. at Taker go backwards over the top rope there and land on his feet. I'm tired of this gymnast shit in modern wrestling. <laughs> well, has has Gorilla started to say? Speed, strength, agility, knowledge, know-how, all in there, one big package. <laughs> I thought you said Steve instead of speed. <laughs> Steve, he's Steve. Like, what does Steve have to do with this? <laughs> you know Steve. <laughs> this, I mean, all right, so the backstory of this match is that Jake was holding Vince up for money. And, and Vince was just like, all right, screw you, you're gone after this and or or he quit or or however however it went down but there was a dispute over money and the the way that they just kill him off here is kind of funny yeah like well, it's, so, it also, it, it's it also, comically over the top well it's also another one of those vince promised something and didn't deliver where he was like padded retired because of the sexual allegations against terry garvin yeah, and, uh, allegedly Pat Patterson, even though I don't think anything ever really came of it with Pat, right? No, no, no um, it didn't. And then, you know, Vince, re- so Pat retires and Vince promises Jake that role. So Jake was totally willing to go out and do the job for Taker. And then he was going to get the job backstage as the, as the Pat Patterson, which yep. is what he wanted. And then I think when Vince told him at some point between... Whenever this happened in the Rumble, uh, uh, I was going to say the Rumble, but between at some point in early 92, he tells him that's not going to happen. And then Jake, being pissed off, is like, yeah. well, then fuck you. I want more money. And then that's and then that's where you get this. The, the sad thing is, however, is what happens afterwards, which is he goes to WCW. Yep. He signs that ridiculous contract with, uh, I believe it's Kip Allen Frey, right? Yeah, but then but he doesn't sign it. In time. Oh, is that what it is? I thought and, it was just that. I thought it was just Bill Watts goes. I ain't paying you this fucking money. And Bill Watts was like, Ah, uh, yeah, this is no longer on the table. And uh, 
So he took, I mean, that run was going to be a mess no matter what happened. Yeah. Like, even if Kip Allen Fry had remained there and Jake had made a lot of money, he probably would have been dead because he could have bought more drugs. Yes. I mean, let's, let's, I'm going to put it as bluntly as possible. And I just. Cards on the table. Yes. (laughs) Yes. No, I agree. I mean, you know, drugs is always one of Jake's favorite things. These are a few of my favorite things. Jake, when the line's good. <laughs> Jake, did you snort a line of cocaine before the Undertaker match at WrestleMania 8? I did. did. <laughs> no. It, All wasn't right. co- it wasn't cocaine. I snorted just a little bit of heroin out of my collection. <laughs> it was out of my collections. You know, you know you're you have a serious problem with drugs when people are paying you in drugs rather than actual currency. <sighs> I snorted a little bit out of my way. It was out of my collections. We're trying to stop you from killing yourself with drugs. I'm going to kill myself? With the way you're eating, you're going to be dead of a heart attack by the time you're 50. That's the fucking boss you're talking to here. Are we just reenacting that whole scene now? Oh, well, I like how... I like how oh, 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 there it is. And this thus becomes a transitional move. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it, it now becomes something that gets a one count. I mean, the thing I like is I don't think Jake goes for a pin, which is good. So at well, least at least it kind of still holds true here. He's trying to protect his finisher by doing this, but they did it multiple times. Yeah. So it, it did it did get hurt big time. I mean, here it is, the second one. Or he's trying for it. Knee. Short arm. That's a move that needs to come back. Oh, you know, you want to know what's another theory you could have about the DDTs here? Mm-hmm. He wasn't doing it on the enhancement shows, so he wasn't getting proper practice in. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So it wasn't getting the full impact. Ah, that's a good yeah. one. Hmm. But no the fact that there are multiples. Yeah. No one gets up from one, Bobby. Yeah. I wonder if uh, him taking the tombstone on the floor coming up here is uh, almost like a symbolic callback to him DDTing Steamboat on the floor on that Saturday night's main event. Um, I'll allow it. Yeah. But watch yourself. Oh, look at that. Look at that. He's going after Percy. Yep. Well, we all know what happens when you go after Percy. Tombstone! Oh! Tombstone City! Uh, Tombstone on the floor. What is this? Pro wrestling for the original Nintendo? I like how everybody everybody messes up the finish. Like whenever they people talk about this finish, including Jake. Yeah. I think even Undertaker too. They always go. I think he either lost by like a countout or a disqualification or something. It's like no, Jake rolled him. Jake got rolled into the ring and got pinned. Everybody does that whenever they recount like Undertaker's streak. They're like, yeah, he beat Jake. I think, you know, he tombstones him on the outside, and I think he just leaves him there. <laughs> it's like, it's, no. It's, pr- it's pretty easy to remember the results in Taker's streak because you only have the one DQ with Giant Gonzalez, and then there was one submission somewhere in there, and I can't remember which one. I think it's Edge. The, it's, it's right. Edge. I think he beats Edge with the uh, 
What was that uh, that movie? Devil, Devil's Gate or the yeah, Devil's uh, Snare, Chicken Platter, or whatever it's yeah, called. Yeah, the Chicken Platter. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know how it went down. The the caboose to go. I don't know. Yeah, the caboose to go. <laughs> the caboose to go. Oh, Taker does not look like an attractive man right no. here. No, no. Oh, here we go. Piper and uh, Brett. Now, do we do a pipe? Well. We can't really do a Piper Coke scale because we know all these promos very, very well. Yeah, I know. But uh, a better question might be, Bret Hart's jacket, when he got to WCW, who stole that particular jacket? All right, so he gets to WCW in 97. Uh, yeah. I'm going to say... I'm going to say it was... it was. I, I, you know who I think stole his jacket? Um, oh, shit. I meant it? this uh, jacket, this particular yeah. one. Yeah. yeah, you know who stole his jacket was, um, uh, oh shit, I had a joke and I lost it. Fuck. Just say Alex. Right. Just say Alex Wright. Alex Wright. No, who was that the is guy? correct. <laughs> no, who was the guy that he? Who was the guy that he says? Oh, I know. It was El Dandy. <laughs> <laughs> I was going a long way. It was a long joke for you to be like El Dandy, and then I could go, Who are you to doubt? Who are you to doubt El Dandy? That was the comedy version of making three right turns to make a left. <laughs> this is the first time these two men are meeting for the World Wrestling Federation Intercontinental title. Champion Rowdy Rowdy Piper, yeah! his opponent, a former IC champion himself, number one contender, Brett the Hitman Hart. You know, Gentlemen, we have arrived. We, we have arrived. You know, I got to say, first of all, man, I got to tell you how much I love your family. I got to tell you how much I love your mom. I know you. I know this guy since he's been knee-high to a grasshopper. I, I thought you were from Scotland, Roddy. Stop fucking I, with the kayfabe here. I, I like how, uh, you know, Mean Jeans just first time ever these two have ever formed against each other. I mean, he says former Intercontinental Champion. He also could have said, and Keith Langston's least favorite wrestler at the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Brett the Hitman Hart. Well, we're re- rehabilitating that. Rehabilitated. <laughs> I don't even know what that word means. I <laughs> know. <laughs> See you at WrestleMania 8. <laughs> remember when they were changing your body pads? I remember even when... Of course, you were potty trained till he was seven, but ah, everybody's got their problem. Tying, remember tying bows in our shoes when we were kids? Of course, your shoes were always tied together. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter to me because I remember when Mrs. Hart used to come down that she used to make them sandwiches, man, throw on that bologna. Of course, only one piece of bologna, but that don't matter. I was hungry. Then she'd come up and she'd go to her little... What is this? Yourself. Oh, keep my oh, this is nice, huh? Here I am having a little fun trying to make you at ease. Gonna have a nice con to keep him to yourself. Have a nice contest, and here you wanna be a hero all of a sudden, huh? You wanna be a hot shot all of a sudden. You want your belt all of a sudden. Is that the idea, huh? Look, all I care about is one thing. I wanna win back the intercontinental belt. You got it. I'm gonna take it. That's you right. keep your hands to yourself. Let me help you out a little bit, buddy. We can, can sit larger. Here, you know. Oh, yeah, you damn betcha we can. Why do yeah, it here when I can have a million people watch me rip your head off? Would have had you. No, you wouldn't have. 
Oh, th- th- thank you, gentlemen. Bye-bye. Bret Hart on Bye-bye. his way to the ring. Bye-bye. Right. This should be a classic, ladies and gentlemen. I don't think so. Roddy, Roddy Piper defending. Am I crazy, or does that foreshadow a Piper heel turn? Because halfway through, he kind of goes into heel Piper mode. He does. What I also like is that he used the belt that he normally would keep for his kilt and his thing. So Piper is literally using the Intercontinental Championship as his belt right now. I always like that. Interesting. Yeah, Piper, the only person to use it in the literal definition. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, look at that. Goodbye, Roddy sign. Somebody was reading the dirt sheets. Somebody knew what was going on. Is that Meltzer? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Meltzer is in row 48 on the floor at uh, at, at 8. <laughs> what, are you kidding me? They were running some fucking house show at Cork and Hall that day. He was like, uh, if any of you would uh, have results of WrestleMania 8, uh, send them along to Dave at Juno.com. I'm, I'm, t- I'm busy watching Okada do some roles here. You do know that Meltzer still has a Juno.com email address, right? <laughs> no, he does not. Yes, he fucking does. Get the hell out of here. Nobody no, does. Once, you think that's the bullshit game, but wow. it's not. Dave Meltzer has a Juno email address in the name of our, in the year of our Lord. HSMeltzer at Juno.com. Yeah. Now, maybe unless he's changed it in like the last year or two. No, why would he? If you've had it this long, it's 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 like it's like it's like uh, Lisa Molson there or Wolfson with the mole on her face. Like she's had it so long at this point, it's part of her gimmick. She can't get rid of it. Or it's like my Nevada cell phone area code. It's like yeah. you haven't lived there for 18 years. And it's like, like should I, am I really going to fucking change it at this point? No, absolutely not. It's part of who you are. Yeah, Brett made sure to go out, give away the sunglasses. Yep. Some young, some youngsters got a lucky prize right there. But I, I do wonder if that person, um, I, I do wonder if that person knew. Knew what? That Roddy was going to take off for a while. No, I don't think so. I just think it's probably just they they were fans of Bret Hart. And even they said, if, you know what? What? Even even if they were they did film Piper's Pits for superstars, but they never aired any of them. Yeah. Which is a bizarre thing. I think probably because maybe he just decided not to commit. Yeah. Hmm. Well, what was he going to do? There wasn't there wasn't a feud for him after this. You know, I mean, I, I guess see- you could have and I don't think Piper wanted to go back to the he didn't want to go back to the broadcast booth. He had already been doing that for two years. You know, I think the way to do it. And I know this is going to sound way too familiar with my LOD plan as well, yeah. is you just have him gradually become more antagonistic towards the faces. And then you set up something down the line where huh. he has a confrontation with with Brutus Beefcake. And then at Russell. <laughs> no, I'm gonna say somebody else. Somebody else he could make. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. Where so they have a feud and he, it, it, it can last a while or whatever. What but if? I, uh, yeah. What, what if he had a feud with Virgil? 
I think he saw what was going on with Virgil and was like, I need to just associate myself with that shit. <laughs> it's fascinating. I think Roddy Piper went around trying to buy up all the copies of SummerSlam 91 in order, like the way Savage did with the WWF magazine. Like, I don't want people seeing me cheering on Virgil like this. <laughs> it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing me. It's like, what it, are you, it, some, he's like some kind of a jerk off. <laughs> oh, but this is a, this is a very good match. And I can't wait to see if we can uh, spot Brett's blade job. Because one of the great stories coming out of eight is the two guys who bled in violation of Vince's no blood policy were Brett and Flair. And the way they went about it are as diametrically as opposed as the way that they view professional wrestling. Right. And like, you know, the other's legacy. Yes. I think it's all right. I think I've actually pinpointed where he blades. Okay. I think it's, it's, it's like when he gets, he gets thrown into the corner. I think like before Piper does the bulldog. Yeah. And that's where he blades. Piper just spit on Brett. Another heel foreshadowing. I mean, everything that you see in this match and the, the interview beforehand makes yeah. you think that Piper's going to turn heel. And right. when we were watching it, when I was watching it live on pay-per-view at the time, that's what I thought was going to happen. Sure. The twist would have been if Brett had turned heel. Yeah. He was he was just getting too established as a face, and they were about to go to Europe, and, and you know Brett in Europe. I mean, he was at that wedding serving hors d'oeuvres because mm-hmm. he's such a drawer in Naples. He, he was. He was a better. He was a better draw than. I mean, it's amazing that he lost to the Bulldog in London. It would have been the only person he could have lost to in in London. Yeah. But that might have also made him as well because you know anybody who loves Bulldog probably gained respect for Brett out of that. And again, there's another one where a guy loses the Intercontinental Championship or loses a big draw match and gets pushed to the next level. Yeah. Although, well, that, I'm not gonna, you don't put Brett in the same category as Moonty. I mean, ide- ideally, in today's world, losing the NXT title should be a good thing because yeah. you, get, you get bumped up to the main roster. But unfortunately, mm. there's such distrust of, like, how you're going to be treated your character and whether you're even going to be the same character or not. Well, not anymore, not anymore because not anymore with any of the guys who come up from now on, because all those guys now are, are designs of Vincent Kennedy McMahon. So it's a totally different game now. Like when Carmelo Hayes finally comes up, he'll probably be, he'll probably either be Carmelo or Hayes. Yeah. uh, But he'll be the same guy. He's not going to be like Butch. Like Pete Dunn was a thing from that's Pete Dunn was Triple H's and him, how he developed his character before he became in. Yep. And now all of a sudden it's you got Butch because, ah, Butch, pal, let's make you Butch. This guy's real name's Luke. <laughs> that's good shit. Seamus is hanging around with the Bushwhackets. It's not a it's not a bad character overall. It's not. I guess it's the same character that Pete Dunne could have done anyway. It's just you, he has a goofy name. He's a, he's you know? an unhinged guy on the outside. Unfortunately, he's hanging out with that fucking prick Ridge Holland. Yeah. Yeah, like I wouldn't even have mind Sheamus with him and Sheamus. 
You know, they're two it, guys from the uh, British Isles, so to speak. And look, I, I know, oh, you're calling him a prick because he injured Big E. And I'm like, yes. Yeah, he like, injured well, several you, people. I'll be like, well, you didn't call Owen Hart a prick because uh, because he injured Steve Austin. And my retort to that would be, Ridge Holland hasn't earned what Owen Hart earned. That and also, I mean, I, I don't think anybody has ever not said that Owen was kind of a dick for doing what he did to when you find out the real re- like the real story behind that and how Steve was like, I don't know if you can do this. Please, you know, just don't hurt me. And, and Owen's like, no, no, of course, dude. And then he does it anyway, which it's like it's a move that's not done normally. Like even just nobody does that version of a tombstone. Nobody. Who the frick puts the guy like down by your legs and then sits down? Nobody fucking does that. I, I had seen that very rarely but yeah it's not the way that it's done the problem is he can't do the drop to the knees thing because that, then then he's stealing taker's finisher who's the I, world champion at the time that's where he blades right there i think oh really now watch yeah because now watch he throws him into the turnbuckle so it's supposed to be and that's how they convinced vince it was it was done the hard way because piper gives him like see how there's blood now piper oh, gives him yeah. like a, he gave him like a hard shot oh okay and so he blades when he's down because the camera cuts and it's it's focusing on Piper. So see, so now right here is where he does the bulldog, and that's when you first really see Brett like all bleeding. Oh, so you've seen this show before? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's where I need uh, that's where I need a laugh track here. <laughs> By the way, I'm thinking about instituting a laugh track on some of my work calls oh. because. <laughs> I've been very sarcastic and angry the last little while, and I I've needed to like tell my I was like that's a joke by the way. <laughs> Can we just talk about the fact how the other day you said in a meeting you said whatever happened there on a work team call? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were introducing a new person, and of course I'd been watching that Sopranos clip over and over again with Carmine Jr. fucking everything up. Yeah. And uh, they're like, uh, where did you work before? I was like, well, I worked here. I worked. Uh, nine well, hold on, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Let me just say you go. I'm not going to say the play. We were like, I worked at Dutta for a little bit as a sacrificial lamb. Whatever happened there. <laughs> yeah. I worked at Bank of New York Mellon. I was a sacrificial lamb for an accounting system. Whatever happened there. Whatever, whatever, happened, whatever happened there. Whatever happened there. And then I immediately text you back and I go, on your next one, can you use when they go? When they go? <laughs> I mean, uh, so Piper is attacking the was attacking the cut. Yeah. I mean, everything in this match points towards something, and then they—it's actually kind of a proper swerve. Well, don't don't forget, Piper. Piper has always been a, a tweener at best, except for maybe right when he first came in in '84. Yeah, it, it, I would say ever since, God, his second week in the company. Let's just say I don't think Piper has ever been a full. He's never been a full heel or a full face. He's always been just like, he's the, mm. he's the, no, he's the friggin' Jake Roberts is what he is. He's cool regardless of what he's doing. And I'll fight you to the death on that. I, I'd, I'd say he was full heel. And the, the first time you get to see a likable side of him is around that, that Saturday night's main event where he's doling out the trick or treats. See, Okay, but that was what? It was that 85? 
Or is that 86? 85. October October of 85. And then he's notably getting cheered at WrestleMania 2 because Mr. T's worn out his welcome. Yeah, but I just... See, I I think that you had... Because you had the trio in 84, 85 of, of him, Orton, and Orndorff. And then Orndorff turned... I think more people booed Orndorff and Orton than they booed him. And then Orndorff turns face, and you have him versus Orndorff. Yeah, all right, I guess I'll go with you on that. I'll agree with you. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fight you on when it happened. But you're right. It's but that's what a year, a year or so. His first year in the company, he's a heel, and then after that, he starts becoming a face. And then almost all of '86, he's a face. Mm. And then '87, he's a face, and he leaves. And as soon as he comes back, but he never changed who he is, except for that brief period in '90 where he was like Uber. You know, wearing the yellow ribbon and all that nonsense, and it's like, what the he's, fuck is he doing here? But he's a little bit more in control um, when he when he's a face. Like he's not as I mean, the promos obviously are are wacky and out there, but he's not yeah. doing things like hitting dudes with coconuts anymore. No, like, like that stuff's in the past. No, but he'll rake the eyes and put the thumb in the eye and grab a chair and, you know, hit Sherry with a broomstick and all that. I mean, he was still doing shit that was, like, not your typical white meat baby face. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're going to sit here and say Hogan is a face, then you have to say Piper is as is a tweener because Hogan did <sighs> heel maneuvers pretty much from, it, I would it, say, it, 88 on. I, I do think that one of the all-time great not talked about what-ifs in wrestling, because, I mean, it's always like, well, what if Brian Pillman had lived? Or yeah, yeah. what if Owen Hart had lived? What if what if Piper goes heel here, and in 92, you go through the year, you got to heel Piper's pit again? Yep. Like, how, how would that go? Now, I don't have as much faith in the product in 92 that they would let him, that it would turn him loose the way they did in 84 and 85. Mm-hmm. But I think Roddy would deliver something good. I just think it, it was kind of like Backland in a way. Yeah. I don't, he's got a bunch of kids and probably didn't want to go back to that crazy heel persona. Yeah. Even though Kayfabe was more or less dead. What if Piper turns heel here and the next thing he does is he feuds with Savage? Well, that would be interesting. But then again, we got that in WCW, kind of, sort of. Yeah, but WCW fucked up everything, including a cup of coffee. I don't know if they... did. They they didn't do anything right with anybody. Mm. The, more I, the more I go back up. and... The more I go back and look at, like, WCW, they, they fucked up everything. They fucked everything up from anybody that came from WWF. Like, <laughs> and, and they did. You're going to fuck everything up. They did. I mean, I was reading something yesterday about, um, I was reading it was about a match. It was the match where Hogan fights on Anderson and he just beats up on Anderson for like nine minutes. And like Anderson gets like barely any offense. And it was essentially a jobber match. And it was like, and everybody in the comments is saying anything. And I was like, it's absolutely right. It was just, you're you're literally throwing Hogan, a, a made guy in WCW, and embarrassing him, and no one was buying it. Mm. They fucked everything up with Hogan. Piper's got the bell right now, and you get that thing where the crowd is is like, you know, no, 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 and I, I don't see. I think the crowd's going yes, yes, yes. Remember that old saying? What the hell? Use the bell. Hit him! Give it to me! I'll hit him! 
crowd here at the Hoosier Dome has turned against Conrad. Oh, Give it to me, I'll hit him. The crowd cheers when he throws it away. Yeah. Sleeper. Now, here's the thing. I never could understand this finish. Yeah. Because why didn't Brett just, why didn't Piper just let go? Because his arms are locked into place by the way Brett is rolled over onto him. Uh... Brett used the leverage against Piper. going to say, Brett had some great finishes to matches on pay-per-view in 1992. No, he did. Brett, Brett did. I mean, uh, the SummerSlam one is what Brett calls the Leo Burke finish that he yeah. learned in Stampede yeah. with Bulldog. And then at, Sur- at Survivor Series, he catches Sean coming off the ropes, locks into Sharpshooter, which he later reused in a TV match against Triple H in 96. Mm. Yeah. Doesn't help me out, they're putting money in my pocket. And look at that! Hot Rod reaches out his hand after giving the belt to the hitman. Now, now how yeah. come they didn't start calling Piper the immortal Roddy Roddy Piper? <laughs> I'm sorry, that, that offer is only valid in the state of Michigan. Does not apply in Indiana. <laughs> oh wait, no, that was in Canada. Fuck! <laughs> Oh, I fucked up the joke. I still agree. I still appreciate it. Oh, I'll, 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 I'll go back and re-edit that. I'll, I'll even dub in a new voice. All of a sudden, <laughs> you're going to hear me, and it's not raspy. Yeah. <laughs> I have to leave now. Why? My planet needs me. Why did Pete spend the entire WrestleMania 8 doing a Johnny Most impersonation? <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily now, we're at an audio-heavy part of the program. Because we're going to meet uh, one of the uh, new stars of WBF Body Stars. <laughs> and, and, and just an all, all-time all great indignant gorilla moment. What I, I want to know where they film this. Because that clearly doesn't look like WrestleMania. Um, I don't know. But, I mean, but, I guess it probably is, but, you know. It's but just, but it's you, cr- you, you know the deal with this, right? That yeah. Either, yeah, it's not. To the home of the newest edition of the World Bodybuilding Federation and the next WBF champion, the total package, Lex Luger. Lex, it's an extreme pleasure to have you here with us this afternoon. (laughs) I love this segment so fucking much. (laughs) More than any reasonable human being should enjoy this segment. Oh, is Lex in the home that he later killed Elizabeth in? (laughs) Oh, was that in Atlanta? Uh, Too soon. I do like Lex just sitting there with his lamp on. <laughs> his lamp on? He's clearly in a hotel room. You've probably stayed in that hotel room in Atlanta. Uh, oh, no, I, I see. I, I generally like to stay out by Smyrna, but oh, that's, okay. th- that's a small distinction. No, Bobby, not only is it your pleasure. No, the thing about this is they taped the Luger stuff and they had Heenan and Gorilla like react to it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. But it's just really funny, though. That is clearly a hotel room. Like, that's a hotel painting. That's a hotel lamp. That's a hotel chair. <laughs> like, everything hotel. About screams hotel. <laughs> but it's everybody's pleasure worldwide watching this show right now. My hat's off to you. I've been watching the standards of excellence that you're putting forth in the broadcasting field right this very moment are almost unparalleled. 
So Heenan was the winner of the first annual Lex Luger Award for Outstanding Achievement in the Field of Excellence. Oh. <laughs> it's the first annual Lex Luger dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Award for dun, dun, dun. Outstanding Achievement in dun, 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 dun. the Field of Excellence. <laughs> Oh, what a a long way to go for a great joke. (laughs) Thank you. That was the WWF Soft Shoe Society. Yes. (laughs) Now, there's a lot of great indignant gorilla moments, not only on this show, not only through history, but on this show. But this this one here, there's a lot of great indignant gorilla moments. And here's another one. This one just takes the cake. I'm sorry. It it, it literally takes the cake. What? (laughs) <laughs> Are you blind? No, I can't say the same for the fat guy. What? <laughs> Is Gorilla implying that he's not fat? What? <laughs> like, well, what is Gorilla? I mean, Gorilla is very offended by this, but the dude weighs like 350. Gorilla just he- went, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Why? Why? Uh, that's later on. You're going to have to wait for that. I can't say the same for the fat guy. What? What? Uh, is, is he talking about us? He could be talking about either of us. What? <laughs> yeah. Well, how prolific. <laughs> he didn't laughing at him, too. That's great. Next year, but as far as you go, Bobby, incredible. Speaking of incredible, only you, Bobby, could pull this off to have live and in living color for the first time from my very own home, the total package Lex Luger. The Omni Suites in Atlanta. What? <laughs> By the way, the, the fact that they had Luger so closely associated with Heenan, yeah. and uh, obviously Heenan's not a manager anymore, but wouldn't it have been nice if Heenan had been a manager, I think Luger would have gotten more over. Like if Luger comes in in 89 with Heenan as his manager, yeah, different ball game. I think so. Yeah, I agree. I, mean, I, I agree with that. Cause it's not only this, I love the, I love the bit that Heenan does. And it's a bit, I don't care what anybody says at rumble 93, when he introduces the narcissist, and is do, going all over the top with everything because clearly, clearly Vince was giving him notes and Heenan was like, fuck this. I'm just going to go over the top and be comedic about it. That's yeah. what happened, man. Yeah. That's what happened there. What, whatever happened there. <laughs> look, look, I like this Luger promo a lot. And I probably should let him talk. <laughs> no. Because I know what a thrill it must be for everyone out there. Oh. Oh, hey. He said a mouthful. Oh. What's going to happen when you step on stage? (laughs) Who are you going to be competing against? And can they match up or can't they? Tell Come on. Oh, another of my favorite lines right here where where he talks about last year's WBF championship. (laughs) As if anybody gives a fuck at this point. (laughs) Well, you know, Bobby, last year in the inaugural WBF show, they advertised as the greatest bodies on the planet Earth. But you know, it was a closed party. (laughs) The greatest body on the planet Earth everybody knows unless they've been locked up in Siberia with no access to television, newspapers, or magazines. The most genetically gifted, anatomically perfect human being on the face of this Earth 
is Lex Luger. So oh. how can you have a best body on the planet Earth contest without Lex Luger being there? Yeah, there's some well-built guys. You got your Gary Stones, your Mike Christians, your Eddie Robinsons, and a whole plethora of well-built guys. But plethora, <laughs> not plethora, not plethora. Please, please. Let's face it, Bobby. We talk about physiques. Comparing Lex Luger to anybody else is like apples and oranges. I am ah. just head and shoulders above the rest. They missed they a golden opportunity. More conceited than you are. Thank you. <laughs> they missed a golden opportunity right there. What? Comparing ice cream to horse manure. But the, he, Flair had already, he, uh, he'd already done that with Flair, Heenan. I know. The, you can't been... be. Can't beat that analogy, but yeah, apples and oranges. It's like there's nothing wrong with oranges. <laughs> no, in fact, I like oranges. Yeah, so does our friend Bar Chris, who steals orange peel. Apparently, are you blind? <laughs> hey, give us a look. Make this a special event. Give us a look at the oh, body. Please. Give us a peek. Give us a big. Well, peek. you know, Bob, I tend to be a little modest. I know everybody's just dying to see what's lurking beneath this top here right now but i get you know we saw super brawl too we know that you're roided to the fucking gills yes i would get rid now now keep in mind bobby that it's only been about oh a week and a half most of the other competitors trained for years to hope to look like this but i'd say just a few days off the snickers bars as you can possibly see, oh my God! The total package Lex Luger has it all, whether it's arms, shoulders, chest, traps, legs. That's why they call me the total package. Well, those all the parts, anyway. <laughs> That's a trademark <laughs> phrase. Speaking of nutrition, Bobby. Snaps. Look at that. That's oh. that's class. Excuse me. <laughs> Here's to you, pal. Oh, he drinks a glass of milk. See you June 13th. That body's for you. For me, huh? <laughs> I hope he knows more about bodybuilding than he does about judging broadcast talent. Earlier on, we had a chance to talk to some of the participants in the Big 8. I, I just love how Gorilla is so indignant about uh, about his broadcasting abilities. Are you blind? Like, that's why Luger is a heel to him, because you offended him a little bit. You offended, you got, you got, Lex, you got a little out of order yourself. I didn't get out of order. <laughs> I can break up my clock. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't out of order. Oh, so we got that crew, uh, what a, what a crew this is. The Nasty okay. Boys, Mountie, and Repo Man. Okay. <laughs> I was talking to a local police the other day, and he told me, what a better place than Indianapolis to serve hard. Ah! <laughs> well, let me tell you something. The only one that's going to be serving around here is you, Virgil! Ah. <laughs> Wait a minute! <laughs> this is great! Virgil, Duggan, Boss Man, Slaughter! This is going to be the biggest repossession at any WrestleMania! Oh <laughs> and the what, you losers? Yeah, that's right! The Nasty Boys are going to anesthetize you! The Mounties going to electrify you! And the Repo Man, he's towing away the carcasses! Yeah! yeah. So Get ready, you four photos, because these cats can't hear are giving you the feed. Why is Jerry Sags wearing a towel around his neck? What is he, fucking Ronnie Garvin? <laughs> what the hell? Oh, it's boy. A, it's a white towel. All right. This lineup here. Dug in boss man, Virgil, and Slaughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. 
Slaughter gets the lead off, I guess. And Hunt, here we are, WrestleMania 8. Nasty boys, you better get ready to be slaughterized. And you, Bobby, check which end of the horse you're riding on, because we know which end you're going out on. And Repo Man, if you want something of ours, come into the ring and get it. Judgment Day's in hand. Eat your last meal. Say goodbye to all your friends, because you're about to serve nothing but hard time. Uh, Judgment Day's a different pay-per-view, boss, man. Yeah. That's gonna that comes up later on. Yeah. Uh, also, also, your judgment day is gonna be at fifteen, not at eight. I'll tell you right now, Armageddon is here. Mm, no, not that either. Mm-hmm. Backlash is coming. Yeah. <laughs> Rico man, Mounty, the nasty boys. My nose will be protected. But who in the world is going to protect your nose? Yeah, folks, at this WrestleMania, you see some great wrestling. But if you want to see a fight, if you want to see a rumble, you watch that eight-man tag. There's not going to be no takedowns. There's not going to be no go-behinds. It's going to be a fight. And I'll let you in on our strategy. Attack, attack, attack. I hope that the first, I, I, I wish... That they should have done a go behind as the first move in this match. Yeah. Just to make him look like an asshole. Mm-hmm. Uh, here we are with Ray Combs. He's here to fuck over the British Bulldog. Yep. Have we considered the fact that maybe Roy Combs did not, Ray Combs did not commit suicide? He was killed by the Berserker. Oh. Yeah. Not only that, I broke his thumbs. <laughs> Do we, should we listen to this? I mean, we're not listening to this entire fucking thing. No, this. Is I mean, the... I, I enjoy this well enough, but it goes on a little long. And it also wasn't advertised either. It was clearly a guy that they got at the last minute. Well, at least everybody was already in the ring. That's true. I mean, they pre-recorded those interviews. And apparently they didn't want to do the ring. Not having ring carts was a mistake here. You can let certain guys walk to the ring, but you could add a ring cart with all four of these guys on there. Yeah. Could you imagine Papa Shango coming down in a ring cart, though, like for that run in? (laughs) Maybe he would have fucking gotten there on time. (laughs) He he missed the bus. He missed the boat. (laughs) In this corner, we have a man, the survey said, the Mountie, a man who doesn't. A man who doesn't know the meaning of the word fear. But then again, they said there's a lot of words he does not know the meaning of. It's only in the survey. It's the survey. I mean, he's going to go through and roast every one of these guys. And it's like, okay, it's it's kind of, you know, a mild chuckle. But <laughs> look at look at look at Pete complain about something that runs on too long on a WrestleMania that's only two hours and forty nine minutes. And this Dome said that no one can call him two faced because if he was, he would darn sure be wearing the other one right now. I'm waiting for Roy Co- Ray Co- I keep calling him Roy Combs because yeah. I have Roy Cone, but Ray Combs should just say, I love this crowd. Take my wife, please. Oh, I take her everywhere, but she finds her way home. Of our first team, final two making the four, the Nasty Boys, ladies and gentlemen, the Nasty Boys. Our survey of 100 people said we have two men sharing one brain. That's what the survey said. Furthermore, 
next team. One last thing the survey said about the Nasty Boys. When it comes to their success in wrestling, there's just one word that you can wrap it up in, and that is lucky. Got to admit, it falls a little flat. The only, on, the, on re- the, the one thing that is annoying as well is they do the they do the classic, like I don't know, sitcom or television comedy thing where it's everybody is trying to stop their partner from attacking him when they get the insult thrown at them, but then like the next insult is thrown and then that guy is like, no, no, wait, like. I understood, like, the Nasty Boys stopping Repo Man and Mountie because they're like, no, no, we have the match to do. We don't want to beat up Roy Combs. But then when the Nasty Boys Roy. got the insult, <laughs> what did I say, Roy? <laughs> you said Roy also. <laughs> yeah. When, And then it's like once the Nasty Boys get insulted, all four of them should have just ran and beat the shit out of Like, there should never have been any holding back. Yeah. It's just the scratchia is what it is. My Sean Michaels has left the building. Who cares? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I mean, that is a nice little extra thing to, to get Sean over. It's the answer to Pete's question for years. <laughs> Who cares? It's what yeah. you say all the time about Sean Michaels. Who gives a fuck? Yeah. You don't like the man. I don't. I'm, 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 I think that's been established now through <laughs> approximately 340-something podcasts that I've yes. done. Yes. I mean, this is the WrestleMania annual let's get as many people on the card who we don't really have anything specific for. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Nasty Boys were winning the tag titles a year ago. Yeah. And now they're in an awful eight-man tag match. And now they're, they're, they're fucking fought off for cartoon characters. Yep. <laughs> in Sergeant Slaughter's case, literally. Yeah. It's terrible. They're, this mm. is terrible. This match is terrible. It's terrible. Well, I mean, has there ever been one of those filler WrestleMania get everybody on the card matches that has been good? I mean, by nature, they they uh, can't be. No, but I mean, at least the battle, at least the battle royals are pretty good because it's a battle royal. So you know, there's always kind of sort of excitement as to see who's gonna win. And I, for the most part, those Honor the Giant battle royals have been like a clusterfuck. You don't know who's gonna win. Well, now you know? that now it's like. They started that by having it on the actual show. Yep. And then they moved it to the pre-show. Yep. And now they hold it three weeks before on, like, main event. I mean, seriously. Like, they don't give a fuck. No. And that's so sad. If I ever got on a shareholder call, I would be like, Vince, why do you you insist on pissing on Andre the Giant's grave every March or April by fucking having the thing that you... You gave such sanctity to years ago, and now you you basically hold it like three weeks beforehand. Right, and it's just an it's just a it's just a total embarrassment of the guy. I mean, that's the one thing that like that's the one thing that would be kind of a cool way to honor the past every year. No, instead they want to make sure they get in that fucking celebrity match that they have that nobody gives a shit about. 
Like, no one fucking cares about the celebrity match every year. I thought Bad Bunny was all right. Yeah, but you don't care about it. It's not like you're you're not like you're not buying. The, not that anybody's buying this show for the Andre the Giant Battle Royal, but at least the Andre the Giant Battle Royal is like something that's the wrestlers are involved in. You could throw in celebrity involvement like they had with Shaquille O'Neal, you know. But no, we're just gonna we're gonna ignore it. We're gonna ignore that like we ignore everything else. And oh, let's just put it on SmackDown the night before. Sure. The- the Mayweather one was the most interesting because of how they presented the celebrity as the heel, which yeah. generally they don't do. Right. I guess Kevin Federline was probably presented as the heel back when that was going on, right? Uh, I would say so, yeah. Yeah. Remember, Cena beat the entire Nexus but lost to Kevin Federline. That's right. So, so transitive properties do not work in the world of professional wrestling. No, not at all. Oh, there's Duggan and Repo Man having their, continuing their feud for whatever that's worth. And hmm. Jimmy Hart, Jimmy Hart has a different jacket for the uh, re- for these guys than he probably would for uh, Money Inc. Right? Yeah, yeah. He's not wearing the Money Inc. jacket, right? No. That was just a WrestleMania 8 jacket. Ah, ah. There's Duggan with the USA chant. And this runs a little bit longer than I thought it did. I I remember this being like a four-minute match. But here we are still still moving along. Has Boss Man even been in there? Huh? I'm sorry. I fell asleep while watching this match. (laughs) I don't think... Awful. I don't think Boss Man has been in there. Pete, Apparently, this ex- match 631 is what this match will run. Uh, Pete, if you excuse me, I'm gonna go take a shower. I'll be back in a. <laughs> I'll be back in a minute. No, I can't podcast by myself. I don't oh, know how to no. do that anymore. <laughs> All right. Well, now they're doing the everybody in the ring thing, so you know that the finish is gonna be coming soon. Well, the thing I liked about these kind of these kind of schmoz matches back in the day is at least it wasn't like everybody did their finish one at a time. That's the one thing I hate now is how everybody does their finish or everybody does like they do that one, you know, showstopper move. And then it's the next guy does a showstopper move. And then, yeah, yeah, at least they don't do that all the time now. And look at that. Virgil picks up the pin over and Brian Nobbs. Virgil. Wow. Virgil goes to 2-0 and at WrestleMania. And there's Vladimir again. Bossman just continues packing on weight. He needs to stop ordering Uber Eats from diners and bringing it to his <laughs> hotel room. I don't know anybody who would do that. oh look at that it's mr perfect with a poster board uh that he and flair only can see it would have been funny if flair was tugging at his dick right here (laughs) who's to say he's not we can't see his right hand (laughs) he's got that fucking robe who knows look at this this is look at this gene look at this Well, no, he's got Sean Mooney there. It's interesting. They don't have Oakland there. He calls this. he calls everybody Gene. Gene. <laughs> yeah. He thinks everybody's Gene Anderson. Not even Gene Gene Oakland. Gene Anderson. 
Because remember, the backstory of Flair with the Horsemen is that he's a cousin of the Andersons. <laughs> Everyone's Gene Anderson. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> so so we've we we've spent a lot of time building up to this with yeah. uh, all the talk about uh, Elizabeth's private parts and <laughs> and Flair being Tupac Shakur. Yes. With his uh, with his hit 'em up promos, yep. the empty auditorium promo, which was one for the ages. Dare I say, a flare hidden classic or a Gene hidden on, gem? Gene on the boat, <laughs> on the boat at the aviation facility. <laughs> but all right, is the pre-match mania promo for Flair? Shut up, Mooney. This is what it's all about. The prize photo of your old lady, Savage. The one we're going to put up on the big screen in the Hoosier Dome so everybody can see what she looks like. We've had it all taken care of. We took out all the flaws. She's as close to perfect as she's going to (laughs) get. Oh, and believe me, this is the real deal. Mm. Ladies and gentlemen, it's WrestleMania 8. It's Indianapolis, Indiana. It's bright lights. It's the big cities. It's long limousines. It's women lined up for a block to take a shot at the champ and Mr. Perfect. But most of all, it's Randy Savage's attempt to walk the aisle to Mm. defend the honor of his lady and to try and capture the most coveted Trophy of them all, the World Wrestling Federation Championship. Randy, after taking the worst beating of your life, keep this in mind when you're flat on your back. Look up to the big screen, because Mr. Perfect will be waving the fold-out of Liz and pal. <laughs> She's all the way live, and then Liz... To top it off, you got one last shot, baby, at Space Mountain. Can I come along with you this time, champ? Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's that's a little unbecoming, Kurt. <laughs> you know, you, you you could have asked him privately. <laughs> I'm I'm just saying, but uh, the fact. I know you had criticism for this angle and and my critique is it's funny how flair is like, she's damaged goods. And then two seconds later is like, Hey, one more shot. If you want to ride space mountain here, you know, it's like when it's like when Christopher gets soft drinks of choice in the pizza parlor. And then literally 15 seconds later, he's like, I can't be seen in here anymore. I can't be seen in a place like this anymore. (laughs) I I really want to know. Um, I really want to know when in Rick when in Rick Flair's life did he date Elizabeth? Was it in between Leslie Goodman and Elizabeth Harrell, or did he cheat on one of those with with Liz? I want to know. <laughs> I have no idea how to respond to that. I don't understand the question, and I'm not going to respond to it. <laughs> Let's go over to Gene Okerlund. Obviously, World Wrestling Federation Champion Ric Flair. Not <laughs> no, a lot for words. That is not the. <laughs> Wait, I'd like to point out the fact that Hogan, that Macho Man has a much better door than Hogan did at SummerSlam 91. Well, they learned lessons. 
you you learn lessons as a company and, and you improve upon them. <laughs> I want to make sure that you know that uh, my door better look good than Hulk Hogan's. I don't give a shit what you say. I know I'm not even the champion at the time, but I just want you to know that as the number one contender, it better be in blue letters in a half circle, half moon, macho man with the big blue star in the middle, right underneath the O. And the H better not be fucked up, Vince. You understand me? You better not have a fucked up H in macho man. I'm the macho man. But uh, I'm, I'm the future World Wrestling Federation World Heavyweight Champion. Yeah, I better have a better door than fucking that Hulk Hogan. Yeah, you could fuck up his ages if you want, but not the one in the Macho Man. Dig it? Oh, for Christ's sakes, Vince! I asked for a symmetrical star, and the two wings on it are smaller than the rest of the star. For Christ's Christ sake, sakes, Vince. I asked for one fucking thing. Yes, you gave me the bowl of M and M's with no brown ones as <laughs> specified in the contract. All I asked is for a fucking correct star. You son of a bitch, Vince. I don't know why you gave us fucking brown M&M's. This ain't a Zigville. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Macho Man's locker room door. <laughs> I've never even I've never even thought to look for that. That's why I'm glad I do this podcast. <laughs> yeah, he's he's still. We haven't heard from Savage in weeks. No, I don't think not, since not, like the not the not true promo. Not since he got in the, uh, not since he got in his car to drive over to the headquarters to fucking beat up everybody at the magazine. Yeah, he's 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 tired from that long drive. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to, but wait till you see my outfit. Yeah. Here at the Hoosier Dome this afternoon, courtesy of Ric Flair. Whatever the case, leading up to all of this, I've got to believe it's gonna be one of the greatest title bouts in World Wrestling Federation history. With that in mind, let's get out to ringside. This is what it's all about. That so, again, what I, I'd like to point out the fact that it was they sent they sent Gene Oakland over, and we know that Gene's a fucking scumbag, and that he was getting off with Rick about these pictures. So no wonder Savage doesn't want to talk to him. Very good point. Very good point. Mm-hmm. And speaking of a man who owns lots of pornography, there's Howard Finkel. I guess it's more owned pornography. No, apparently the, the the word on the street is that Howard Finkel owned a shitload of pornography. Really? Yes. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I, <laughs> believe yeah. it, believe it or not, I had a friend who uh, he was friends with a guy who owned a video store, and when the video store was going out of business, he gave my friend a whole bunch of porn tapes, and this guy used to have like a locker in his basement filled with porn tapes and every time we'd go over he'd be like you guys want some of these and i always just thought it was like very uh very creepy but it not like but the guy wasn't creepy it was just a creepy scenario mm-hmm. you know and it was all weird porn too like the weird porn that nobody bought when the guy was doing his out of business sale <laughs> needless to say i didn't collect a lot of it <laughs> that sign says flare is a square Mm. A lot of effort. A lot of effort went into that one. Mm-hmm. And the robe says, "Rick Flair." And Mister Perfect's jacket says, "Mister Perfect." <laughs> yes, yeah, very basic. It would have been funny if Rick said "Mister Perfect" and Perfect said "Rick Flair." That would have been funny. If they had switched places, you mean yes. like a like a Freaky Friday WrestleMania scenario? Yeah. Did we ever get a Mister Perfect versus Savage match? Trying to think. Um, 
geez, you know what? Maybe not until WCW. Yeah, well, because Perfect comes in 88. Savage is a face world champion, so they're not on the same level at that point. 89, they're both heels. 90, they're both heels. 91, Savage isn't wrestling most of the year, and neither is Perfect, for that matter. And 92, yeah, they're, they, also they both, team. They're, also, they're also both heels. Yeah. Savage is like, shit, I got to rush down to the ring here because I get, we got to get that Bulldog Berserker match in. Yeah, well, Savage <laughs> was the only one that cared about this. <laughs> maybe uh, maybe if these matches had started with a runner on second base, they could have wrapped up quicker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. Uh, your thoughts about Savage's WrestleMania 8 gear, because his uh, 7 gear is legendary. I like his 8 gear. I do. I like it. I think it's uh, probably... Savage always... He always upped it for pay-per-views. Which it's, is go- it's gold, and he's going for the gold. It makes perfect sense. Yes. Flair is wearing red in order to hide the blood that he's going to be spilling later. I think I just... I, I think my problem with Savage was that was when he just he kept wearing shirts and i know it was because he was probably off the juice and he was getting a little chunky and you know he wanted to hide that up but it just i don't know i i I don't like the idea of to me shirts equal fat you know like mick foley kevin owens like that equals fat these are two of the greatest legends in the history of professional wrestling rick flair and randy savage and they are both also extremely self-conscious men self-conscious in a way that you or I could be arguably savage about like, you know, muscular definition because of being off the juice and wearing a shirt and flair, very self-conscious overall, but especially about his calves, which is why he wears those knee pads down a little bit. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, these guys are some of the top guys ever and they're just like you and me in some ways. Yes. That's a nice comparison. I always, I often thought in the terms of uh, wrestling podcasts, you and I are very much like Ric Flair and Randy Savage. <laughs> we're, the, we're, the, we're the Flair Savage of, pos, of wrestling podcasts. A <laughs> lot, lot, lot of high spots. Lot of, uh, a lot of long limousines. A lot of low spots. <laughs> Do you know when I was walking back to, my, uh, to the parking garage after the Bruins game last night? Now, keep in mind, I'm in the city of Boston. I saw two things that really... Oh, Savage taking the backdrop over the top rope like at three. Mm. It's like Flair sending signals to Steamboat. Like, hey, buddy, you shouldn't have quit. (laughs) You shouldn't have got yourself fired like that. Um, Walking back to my car, I saw a bunny rabbit in the city. And I thought, that is strange. You usually don't see a city rabbit. Yeah. Hmm. But I will say that City Rabbit sounds like the name of a Richard Scarry character. Oh. Apparently you didn't read his books as a kid. No. <laughs> well, I snickered. I laughed. I thought it was funny. Yeah. So the only times that I can see that Savage and Perfect were involved with each other in the WWF. 92 Survivor Series. Well, that they were together. But the only times that I say they would have been opponents is in like rumbles and bat like they had the t- they had the rumble in 90 in 89 and 90 they had the rumble in 93 and then they had the intercontinental i didn't know they were in the intercontinental title battle royal um on raw the one that uh razor ramon Razor-ray. and Rick Mattel won. 
I, hmm. but I guess they were in there. And then there's the one, yeah, that's the only, t- and then in WCW, it's, um, they've had, a, they had a couple of matches later on. <clears throat> they had, uh, they were in a bat, they were in a battle Royal. They were in a three on six handicap match. It was Luger, Savage and Sting against the NWO in 98. And that was Henning was in that. Uh, another battle royal, and then one. Oh, actually, they had two. They had a tag match: Savage and Hall against Henning and Page at Bash at the Beach '97. And then on Nitro, Savage fights Henning and wins by disqualification at five minutes. So, yeah, they really never had. It's that's another like that's another weird thing. It's like how many matches did Perfect have against Shawn Michaels? I mean, we know there's the two that we know of. The one against um, the one at That's SummerSlam it. that was like a bad one, and then was it just that other one? I mean, aside from um... that's it because Sean wasn't doing any single stuff in the AWA when both those guys were there. Yeah. So those those are two guys that were in the same place at the same time for like the whole second half of the eighties, and never never. I mean, these things happen. If they're both faces or both heels, it's not going to happen. Oh, they had a lot of. Well, they actually ran a house a house show circuit. It looks like in '93. Oh, okay. But that's all house shows, and it was all wow. It was all like it seemed like it was all time limit draws. But to to bring it back to Savage and Henning, because yeah. H- Henning is you know outside the ring and, and insists upon himself in this match so often. He insists upon himself, lovers. <laughs> um, <laughs> that uh, Savage was long gone in the '90 Rumble by the time Perfect gets there because Perfect was 30. And perfect oh. was perfect was in the match early at eighty nine Rumble, and I think he was gone by the time Savage turned up. Hmm. All right, now here's a good question, right? Yeah. How many times do you think Jake Roberts tangled with? Uh, with I think perfect. Yeah. There might have been maybe one match when. Henning was IC champion. I don't know. Um. Oh, actually, you know what? Oh wait, no, that's Buddy Roberts. <laughs> Big difference. Yeah. Although not as much as you might think. Um. <clears throat> it looks like. Well, there's the Survivor Series '88. Thing. <laughs> perfect. Yeah. Bravo that's, and the Heenan perf- family. Perfect. Literally pins Jake to win the match at Survivor Series '88. There you go. Right there. Uh, the Rumble, Rumble in 89, Rumble in 90, they're in. And then does look like there was a 90, they had a match at a house show. And then the mm-hmm. Heenan, so Perfect and Rude, there's your tag team that you always die in for. Yep. They fought Robertson Duggan a bunch of times in 90. Ooh. And then he fights, yeah, he he kind of does a couple house show matches with him. Team Minnesota and, versus Team Mid-South. Yeah. And that would have been a great, actually, where were those? Nashville, Denver, and Wichita, Kansas. Those oh, three, well, they had three house shows. Those are the three house shows. It must have been before Denver fun fucked Vince over. Yeah, this was 1990. <laughs> Oddly enough, it was January of 90. Wasn't it January when he when that happened with Denver in the Raw? Mm-hmm. Was it February? Um, yeah. Then they had a couple of they had a couple of house show matches. Couple three house show matches. Couple three, and then they had one, two, three, four house show matches in '91. Where it was Roberts and the Boss Man against Perfect and Mattel. Oh. In March of 91. That would have been an awesome match. They had Richfield. They love going to the Coliseum. The Palace at Auburn Hills. The Pittsburgh Civic Center and the Bradley Center. 
That's pretty. That's a, that's a pretty good tag match. Boss Man and Roberts against Perfect and Mattel. No, I I, I, I agree with you on that. Uh, now we're at at this this match here. Uh, since we <laughs> have done, we're not, since, well, we're not even I, watching I this. <laughs> well, no, I am. I'm because, not because we did this for Brett earlier, and you successfully explained where Brett did his surreptitious blade job that he was okay. able to pass off. Flair is much more ostentatious, so yes. we are we are at the precipice of a crossroads here. <laughs> you know how Flair always used to say that a pound of gold was a lot more than a pint of blood? No, no. Flair would always say a pint of blood is worth more than a gallon of gold. <laughs> that was his is. problem. <laughs> a pint of blood is worth more than a gallon of gold. The one, the one thing I will say for Flair, though, is when he bleeds in this match, I don't know how much it adds to this match necessarily, but it adds to the post-match interview. Yes. I mean, uh, the, the Flair's post-match interview here is, uh, it's definitely not a hidden gem because it's on a WrestleMania, but I enjoy it because of the circumstance and for, and for by God, what he looks like. Because he's yes. got, he's, his hair looks like a fucking bowl of spaghetti with sauce. I mean, excuse me, with gravy. <laughs> yeah. Very observant. The sacred yeah. and the propane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he looks like a bowl of sauce. It's it's like the old cliche, the cliche of the spaghetti with sauce dumped on a kid's head. Yes. Oh, Flair's going to the top rope, which works about as often as uh, nothing. Hogan the, going to the top rope. It's like a pitcher batting. A yeah. pitcher has a better batting average than Ric Flair executing moves off the top rope. Unless you're talking about Greg Maddox. Didn't Greg Maddox have like an unbelievable batting average mm. for a pitcher? Well, for a pitcher. All those Braves guys had uh, good batting averages. I do have one critique of this match. And? And it's it's a soft critique. It's not... I, I would save the harder critique of... Uh, that I'm going to give for Orton versus Triple H at 25. Okay. You think Savage would be a little bit more violent here, given uh, the things that were said and done? Yeah, you would think that. Like, he's almost treating it like a traditional wrestling match. But then, if you listen to your theory about Savage cares only about the world title even more than Elizabeth, then, then it starts to make more sense. Well, don't forget, he also knows that he can't get disqualified because he won't win the match. So he's got to stay within within the confines of the system. He can't. He can beat Ric Flair to within an inch of his life as long as it's within the limits of Earl Hebner's ridiculous explanation of rules. Yep. Now here it comes. I believe this is. I believe where Flair blades is Savage. It's the, the double axe to the floor. Yeah. Yeah, and I think Flair supposedly goes into the thing. But now you can see it there right it here. There it is. Boom. And that's his... Boom. Yep. I don't think he felt like he got it good enough, so he's going to do a flare flop and then do it again, I think. Or at least that's the way I remembered it. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. And 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 yeah, now you can and see the blood on the mat. And and it's it's almost as bad as Hogan's at 7. 
Hogan's at seven is bad. You can see Hogan at seven. So I clearly. swear I I swear I could hear a voice coming through Gorilla's headset, and I think it was Vince. What the fuck? Uh, yeah. <laughs> what kind of blading is that? What kind of likeness is that? Especially, you know, v- Vince would always go on about the barbaric nature of it. And, you know, he has a valid point about that. Um, but blood also does add to a match as well. But like you said, it, it might not have, I mean, it adds to the match. It doesn't necessarily, well, it adds to this match. But more importantly, like you said, it's the post-match interview. Yeah. It adds so much to that. My only problem is that the Savage isn't trying to beat this guy to a pulp. But, again, he's trying to win the world title. If yeah. this was not a world title match, I think you, you approach it differently. The psychology of, well, you know, I can't get myself DQ'd or, or, or any of that stuff. Um, yeah, they didn't really do, like, no DQ matches back then. I mean, they did, but not not always. Like, th- it wouldn't have been the first match, you yeah, know? Yeah. Although oddly enough, I think the first the first television televised match between the LOD and the Nasty Boys was SummerSlam, and that was a no DQ match, which is yeah. kind of funny. Well, that was because it was the best way, as I said when we did that pod, the best way to do a match with those two teams. Although it was funny how they had dudes standing on the apron waiting for legal tags. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, here comes the big elbow for the uh There's Hebner kicking out his leg. Son perfect, of a bitch. Perfect cheating is so gratuitous here. I, I love it. It's it's unbelievable. It's like Houston Astros banging the trash can level. You, you uh, gotta res- you gotta respect it at a certain. Gotta respect point. the condom. <laughs> and watching it at the time, I was afraid at this point that there was going to be a DQ. Yeah. I love the callback to the Tito Savage match at the Garden right here. He throws in the roll, the coal rolled steel. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hey, these guys had good communication. Perfect was a good point guard. It's clearly obvious, though. It's just a thing of mask and tape. <laughs> oh, whatever. Like it, it didn't even look like anything, but it's just that's why, like, that's why Savage took it to the chin there because it was just mask and tape. <laughs> I can just hear El Matador in the back somewhere being like, well, it serves that fucker right to get hit with a pair of brass nuts. <laughs> you, know, you know, Savage, come as a bitch. Do you, do you think it was an intentional call? I don't think it was necessarily an intentional callback, but I thought it was, it, it works out that way. It's not an intentional callback. Well, I mean, doesn't Savage grab the ring bell afterwards? I mean, Savage always loved to grab the ring bell. Yeah. Well, it was because he he inflicted his most damage. They already did that callback. They can't do it again. <laughs> I wonder if Savage was like, hey, Piper, don't you can't you're not allowed to grab the ring bell. That's my bit. That's my bit. <laughs> don't don't do don't do my bit. You son of a bitch. It's it's like if I find out another wrestling podcast is betting on Hogan promos and Piper promos, I'm gonna be pissed off. We're gonna have to go we're gonna have to go and talk to somebody. Oh, look. now, all right. Now, Liz is oh. doing her, her run in, which I find funny because 
Dave Hebner is playing some of the worst basketball defense I've ever seen. Hey, hey, Hebner, plant your feet and take the charge, all right? What I love, though, right here is the white, the whitest sneakers in the history of sports is on television right now. With a, with a fucking blue suit. Oh, and look at this. Fresh out of recent college graduate <laughs> from Boston University, Shane McMahon. Oh, yeah, it is. Oh, and here comes... They're fucking agents, Frankie. Look at oh, this. Bill, yep, Billy, yeah. Red, Billy Red Lions uh, making like, his way down. But why stop Elizabeth? Like, she was his manager for all those years. Why not have her be a corner person? It, it, it is strange how all those people are down there. Oh, there's, uh, there's the great Rene Goulet. Oh, there he is. Elizabeth should have had a contract in hand and been like, you get the hell away from me, okay? I am the manager. What if she flashed his, her manager card and they all just went, whoa, okay, and they all leave? For Christ's sakes, Dave, put, take, take your grubby, counterfeiting hands off of me. I'm oh. tr- I'm the legal manager. There's uh, Chief J. Strongbow. Yeah, and uh, I think uh, Elizabeth is saying, have another donut, you fat pig. <laughs> Have is that Pat Patterson? Boy, is he fat! <laughs> Savage is in the figure four, uh, almost getting pinned, which is uh, a chilling vision of things to come. Have another donut, you fat fuck. Or <laughs> <laughs> to wear a sign. <laughs> you gotta wear a sign! You gotta wear a sign! You fat fuck. Yeah, uh, yeah, Shane. Yeah, Shane does look like he just got his confirmation. Yeah. Shane is young at this point, right? I like I like how the agents just fucking leave at this point. They're like, "All right, well, we've done all we can here. It's like warrior in the casket." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like like uh you know, I think Strongball was down there. You know, man, I would like to help you out. <laughs> Another great Italian uh, speaking up. Yes. That's exactly how. <laughs> you know me, I would like to help you out. Oh, now this Hebner doing his ridiculous uh, kick kick the man's hands. Actually, you know what? Shane McMahon was still attending Boston University. What was he doing in Indianapolis this weekend? It wasn't spring break. All right, let me let me do the math here. <laughs> Shane is class Shane is class of ninety five. No, he's Tom. class of ninety three. He is. He's class of ninety three. I just okay. looked this up. <laughs> All right, so it's his junior year. Yeah. Uh, at BU. Mm-hmm. My junior year of BU, I was taking a fucking sports journalism class and showing up to Bruins games in the third period on Tuesday nights. Mm, okay. And he's at WrestleMania accosting Elizabeth. Mm. I'd say that I, I, I won. <laughs> I want to know. All right. So it, Stephanie graduated BU at ni- in 98. Yeah. Um, she had a degree in communication, so she would have been in the same program as you, correct? Yeah, although she would have been a senior when I was a freshman, so we would have never crossed. Because the freshmen don't spend much time in the comm building because mm. you, you don't take a lot of those. Like, the, the comm 101 class was in a bigger auditorium and not in the comm building. Oh, boy, this yeah. is really fucking minutia stuff about Boston University. <laughs> but but here's the question I have for you. If you yeah. had seen Stephanie McMahon... I wouldn't would have, have known... I wouldn't have known well, what she looked hold like. Hold on a minute. Would you have not recognized her as the hat girl in the uh, WWF catalog? I never had the catalog. Because never, I because I you, was you, like, you, I was like, fuck Matilda. 
<laughs> you were like, I refuse to write a letter, a get well letter to Hulk Hogan. <laughs> I refuse to show sympathy for a kidnapped dog. Just like last night when, when <laughs> last night at the Bruins game, when that pane of glass came down on the poor penalty box attendant. Do you know what I did? What? I went to the fucking can and took a piss because I was like, nothing's going to, nothing's going to change. I would rather not have to pee. Oh, here, here we go. Here's the finish. You bet. But no, it's the Macho Man. And a go behind from the outside. And no, 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 I love it. First of all, him pulling the trunks is great because it counteracts all the cheating that they had yep. done. I love it. And, and also, it was so sudden that it didn't give perfect time to get into the ring to break up the pin. Yep. No, the, now this match ends perfectly, no pun intended. This is a perfect ending to this title match. It still saves Flair. It still saves, you know, it still keeps him strong. It proves that Savage will do anything to win the championship. And obviously the crowd goes home happy. I don't think they necessarily needed to do this bit, though, where he goes up to Elizabeth and kisses her with blood all over his face. Well, the only reason, the only thing that bothers me, well, th- what bothers me about this is that it's already, hasn't it already been proven or has it not been proven yet that the pictures were false? I no. can't remember. Did they not release those yet? Wasn't it? Oh, it was the next month's magazine. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. So I guess he's still trying to do the what is what about me? But it's just dumb because it's like your gag didn't work, man. Like everybody knows it's fake. You know, everybody knows it's it wasn't really true. He's like, what about me? What about you? Who the fuck are you? Oh. For Christ's sakes, who the fuck are you? So what I'm saying is I don't think they necessarily needed to do this here. No. They could have done this on a weekly. They should have give, maybe given set. But I get maybe Savage have his moment in the ring with Elizabeth. Well, he still does. And now, now Savage is going crazy on flair in a manner that I was talking about earlier. Yeah. (laughs) And that's why all the agents are down at ringside is so that they can break this up afterwards. Agents, Frankie, look at this. I know, I know, I know Nikki, but it's good though, because this does allow the feud to continue because now it's a blood feud. No pun intended. It is a blood feud now because he kissed his wife. He put his lips on Elizabeth. Certainly makes you think that SummerSlam is going to be the next big match with these guys, and then it didn't materialize that way. You'd like to think that, wouldn't you? (laughs) Every single agent is in the ring. Who's who's in the back keeping time here for Bulldog Berserker? Nobody. (laughs) There you go. Also, no one's over there making sure that friggin' Shango gets out on time. They're all too busy trying to separate these fucking yutzes. This this is another four or five minutes trimmed off Bulldog uh, Berserker, which I believe was going to be a 60-minute Iron Man match. <laughs> the Matt Classic we missed out on. Bulldog whispers into John Nord's ear, I'm fucked. <laughs> I'm fucked. And then, and then Berserker was like, you're fucked? I don't even know how to wrestle a match. I want to start selling Ric Flair spaghetti sauce where it's just a picture of him at the end of the WrestleMania 8 match. <laughs> <laughs> please that's so good his hair is so great too thank god he got rid of his uh 91 hair from wcw there yeah he recovered yeah he recovered from the black scorpion hair 
in a decent amount of time. Like I said, yeah. with Vince, it took 15 fucking years for his hair to grow back correctly. <laughs> I, I will say Elizabeth looks great in this dress that she has on. Yep. This is also one of the better Howard Finkel and news. Yeah. This and once again, Well, he says once again, which does make it stand out. Yeah. Now, but I my... like how I like how a year before this he's retired. Yep. And a year later he's winning the world championship. Like that's just uh. Hey, the year before that he was facing Sapphire for Christ's sakes. <laughs> for Christ's sakes, Vince. Let for us Christ... have our moment. <laughs> for Christ's sakes, Vince. Jeez, and you know what? Last year he got the shit kicked out of him post match too. I've never seen a woman look so adorable with blood on her dress since Jackie. <laughs> I'm just going to let that one sit and fester for a short period of time. Since right. Jackie. Jackie uh, Kennedy. Yeah. But, oh, my God, Vince. You just set off that pyro when it went up my ass. <laughs> Wait, I felt you know it all the way up my dress. Is it a similar dress? I mean, I know it's not a Chanel, but is it a similar color? <laughs> Since Jackie O. I think, uh, I think it's like Marge Simpson, and she just keeps re- redesigning the dress into different looks. You think that was deliberate, that Elizabeth knew she was going to get Flair's blood on her? So she said, I got to look like Jackie O, Vance. And then Savage is going to take the oath of office as WWF mm-hmm. champion on Air Force One. Yeah, well, still, Flair's bleeding from the head. Kennedy was bleeding from the head. I mean, it all makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> well, now we get Mooney with uh, Ric Flair. Here we go. <laughs> oh, boy. Buckle up, folks. <laughs> in, the, in the fake locker room with a towel hanging on one of the <laughs> I That's a nice touch. Somebody it thought that fucking make a towel hang there. And the, and the goddamn payphone. The thing that I find funny is that it's really hard to make a towel hang off of one of those lockers. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm going to attempt to get comments from the now former World Wrestling Federation champion, Ric Flair's you executive. Shut cons- up, Mooney. This is the way it is. Macho man Randy Savage. You call yourself a macho man. Well, what's so macho? What an injustice. I'm not going to stand out here and say anything that wasn't true, macho man. You had a handful of trunks. The trunks were up. The stupid referee. A bad job of officiating. I'll tell you what. Bobby, you saw what happened. Did you see what happened? I just got down from the booth. He had your tights. I saw it. It's on camera. It's on tape. I got it. There's nothing to worry about. He had there the There's nothing to worry about. Oh, wow. I know. I know. Tactics that Ric Flair was using out there that were questionable. All right. Flair is just taking a moment to compose himself. And this moment reminds me of a certain part of a movie and a song. You know the Guns N' Roses song that starts yeah. out, what we got right here is yeah. failure oh. to communicate. Southern yeah. Martin from... Um, cool Hand uh, Luke, right? I think it is, yeah. It's Cool Hand Luke, yeah. This yeah. is Cool Hand Luke. Cool Hand yeah. Flair. Cool, cool Hand Flair with one of the all-time great like heel promos after a loss. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's done plenty of these after Starcade, after winning. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, <laughs> I mean, this 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 one's great. Just the way that he starts it is great. Yep. What we have right now 
is a man that'll walk around town tonight claiming to be the real world champion, claiming to be the second time WWF heavyweight champion. He'll be claiming it all. And holy shit, that fucking gig. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Rick. <laughs> it's like he was in a slasher movie. Somebody get this guy a bag of A positive. <laughs> Why isn't anybody stitching me up? <laughs> Most of all, he'll be claiming the love of that Jezebel. Oh, Jezebel. Now, Savage, unlike a lot of people in the greatest sport of them all, we don't cry over spilt milk. We reassemble a team. Yeah. Just like <laughs> the base- money, the brains, the nucleus, and we say to our opponent, you did it once. Now, let's see you do it again. One time means nothing to my career. Tell him, Mr. Perfect. I'll tell you what, one time means nothing, macho man. Like your old lady, you're going to be damaged goods because this man has never taken a shortcut in the world of wrestling. You, Mm -hmm. macho man, have taken a shortcut. You had a handful of tights. We were out there, we were wrestling. This man was the greatest World Wrestling (laughs) Federation champion of all time. Here it comes. Let everybody have a good, long look at it because they're all going to see... How the handful of tights? Watch, watch, Moody, you get a good look. Look at that handful of tights. That's the champion. He cheated. He doesn't deserve to have the title. Like his old lady, a cheater. Well, the way it stands right now, there is a new champion in the WWF right now. Like We're in groups. <laughs> Moody's like, uh, uh, Flair's like, fuck you. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't done my finish, my my, trip, my typical interview finish. His old lady, he cheats. <laughs> Together. <laughs> Where I go, perfect goes. It's all monitored by Eden. And like I said this it's more, all- Savage, might not be tomorrow. Uh, I picture Heenan at a desk with a big screen, just monitoring all of this. Yeah. He looks he looks like he looks like John Madden with the Maddentron. He's like, <laughs> you see right here is this is where Ric Flair cheats and No, it's the brain scan, remember? Uh, that's right, that's what it is. Be the day after. I'm going to beat you, and I'm going to beat you bad, and every time I see your old lady, I'm going to kiss her on those moist, wet lips. Wait, everybody seems to be want to lay hands on Elizabeth. All right, now we, now we get Savage's, Savage's promo. Bring her back. Please bring her back. <laughs> Maybe she doesn't have blood on her dress. I don't know. Bring her back. Well, she definitely has Hep C now. Well, come on. It wasn't Jimmy Valiant or Abdullah the Butcher. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even care. It's okay. This is a piece of what I wanted from you, Ric Flair. This is what makes you tip. This is what makes you tick. This is what makes you tick from the inside out. And I just took a piece of you. You just haven't been beat up properly. But I'm going to do that for you. Yeah, this isn't all I want from you, Ric Flair. I want the whole nature boy. I yeah. want the whole Flair package. Call yourself the real world wrestling federation champion. Well, I guess I am now. 
And what you did to Elizabeth. I guess you couldn't make me any better than you before I went into the ring. But somehow, you did it. You made it possible, yeah. You made it possible. Now I'm going to get the rest of them. I don't care if it's in the street, parking lot. doesn't even matter to me. Yeah. Because I'll do anything to win. If I didn't prove it, I'll prove it next time. Oh, yeah. Let's go. It's, wait, wait a minute, if I what? may, Randy. Yeah, Elizabeth, what? after what happened here at WrestleMania, the fact that Randy defeated Ric Flair for the World Wrestling Federation title, in light of all of the allegations and everything that's been going on in past months, do you feel at this point that you're vindicated? Wait a minute. What? This is yours. Take it and go. And this is yours, Ric Flair. Oh, yeah. This is yours. You can have all of me next time. Do you dear? Oh, Mr. Perfect, you're not perfect. I'm not perfect. Nobody's perfect. I'm out of here. Oh, yeah. Just a big... All right. Thank you very much. The macho wow. Longfellow could not have said it better. We're at the Hoosier <laughs> Dome. Ladies and gentlemen, this Locked is WrestleMania 8. Ooh, we get the little countdown clock, too, oh, I think. Oh, nice. That, is that really the Sky Dome of Indianapolis? No. Well, maybe it is. Because there's that, like, one tall building in Indianapolis, right? Yeah, maybe I, I need mean, you, to. You've been there. I've never been there. I, I only drove through real quick. It's a recurring nightmare of mine that... You know, I, I've gone to work in Southwest Connecticut a couple of times. It's a nightmare of mine that I'm going to get sent to Carmel, Indiana to work, which is just north of Indy. Is that where another office is for you or? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you could oh, always oh. get sent to Muncie. Yeah. <laughs> Great. In Muncie? <sighs> you, know, you know, my wife got sent to Sturgis. <laughs> like, oh, like what, is this? what is this, fucking Road Wild? <laughs> I always love that uh, in in Parks and Rec, uh, uh, Jerry had a uh, Jerry Gerges had a had a timeshare in Muncie. <laughs> mm. Oh boy! Well, listen, um, it happens. Yeah. Well, if you, since... to to, if you have to go to Carmel, you let me know, and maybe I'll fly out with you. Th- th- thank you. Uh, uh, don't call me; I'll call you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so they're at the intermission here, and we're going to take a little intermission because this show's uh, longer, and hopefully my voice comes back by uh, the other side of this. And yeah. and I'm going to try to edit something together for the break like I did for uh, the, mar- the the march to WrestleMania. With the yeah. Why? 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 But, uh, <laughs> if, we'll, if, anything, we'll, if anything, you can always throw in uh, mid Moonshop, no, Night Nighthawk. You can always throw in Nighthawk. Mm. Uh, I'll I'll see what I can do. So, stay tuned. We'll be right back with the remainder of WrestleMania Eight, including that what I can only assume will be a classic between the British Bulldog and the Berserker. Call <laughs> number one nine hundred nine zero nine WWF eight. If you call right now, you'll get exclusive WrestleMania Eight interviews straight from Hulk Hogan, Macho Man Randy Savage, Ric Flair, and other superstars. You'll also hear updates and results from the greatest WWF event in history. Cost of the call, $1.49 for the first minute, 99 cents for each additional minute. Kids, ask your parents' permission before calling. Don't delay. Call the WrestleMania 8. Hop on right now, Hulkamaniacs. We're back here on the WrestleMania 8 GFA Live podcast as we're, we're just watching the intermission clock at this point. 
I mean, we fast forwarded a little bit, but we got 57 seconds to go. One minute remaining. (laughs) One minute remaining in the period. 50 seconds to go. I hope this isn't like an NBA game, which takes like 35 fucking minutes to play the final 50 seconds. Cause wow. you got every team has six timeouts. You got a video review, every fucking out of bounds play. The endless amount of fouls that happen all the time. Yes. The, uh, the intentional foul, make the other team shoot free throws that, that whole deal. That's why, honestly, I'll get jazzed up about a basketball game if I'm there, but not yeah. if I'm not there. If I'm not there, I'm just, I could care less. Last maybe ga- I'm a bad fan, I guess. I don't know. The last game I went to was 2018 Celtics versus Sixers. And uh, you'll be shocked to learn that Kyrie Irving sat out that game for the Celtics. Uh, I'm very what, surprised. What a warrior that guy is. What a shocker. Oh, I said the word warrior. A chilling vision of things to come. Oh, good. We're rehashing the press conference for the fifth time. (laughs) (sighs) The Last Supper. (laughs) Seriously. Like, why? Again? (sighs) Well, can we have we analyzed every person who's there? Who's that guy? Why is he looking back? Oh, he's checking out the blonde. That's that's why. (laughs) You know, you say the Last Supper. It is kind of fun. Who's the Judas here? Is Hogan the Judas? I think Jack uh, Tunney's the Judas. To be Jack honest. Tunney's the Judas after the way he looks directly into Sid's eyes and directly into his soul one, and then one, says, Hulk Hogan. One of you people <laughs> is going to betray me. <laughs> and I know who it is. <laughs> Undertaker, I think, is asleep at the end. <laughs> Undertaker, Undertaker's just, Undertaker is, um, I believe, Bartholomew, the apostle, I believe. Uh who denies who denies Sid three times? I think Hogan does. It's <laughs> Maybe it's mean Gene. <laughs> well in the in the Bible last supper, it's Peter. Yeah. So who would be Saint Peter here? Saint Peter is the rock on which the church was built. So I guess it would be Hogan, right? I, I guess it is Hogan. Yeah. He yeah, denied cause... Sid a chance to speak in that interview on the Saturday yep. night's main event. Yup. I would say that that's the modern version of simply denying the man. Sure. He didn't give him his proper promo time. No. Yeah. Hmm. It all started at the WrestleMania 8 press conference where President Jack Tunney would name the number one contender for the coveted WWF championship belt. Hulk Hogan. Yes. I, I had to play the audio on that because I know it upsets you every time. It's... What I'd like to point out, I don't know if you knew this, but um, do you know that uh, it was bogus, yes. <laughs> I, I was just going to say that um, Roddy Piper would be playing um, the the Apostle Philip uh, because Philip also had a very big cocaine addiction. So I, I don't know. <laughs> I never thought doing this podcast would be a, a religion lesson. And, and just so you know, Savage was Andrew because he's Simon Peter's brother and Hogan was always brother, 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 brother. I thought Simon Peter was Hans Gruber's brother. <laughs> Simon Peter Gruber. Huh. Well, we already, we already did that like two years ago, help didn't we? Me. Help me. Help me. <laughs> Had it. The WWF champion's kicking my butt. Help me. Hogan reaching for the tag. Here it is. It. Oh. <laughs> as, 
Sid doing the reach out I, yeah. is what I like the most. As awesome as that is, there's no better Hogan betrayal than Savage at the main event. And and the only reason it's awesome is because he slaps Hogan and then he does that awesome move where he leaps over the rope and as he goes down he like slaps his hands on the mat and it just immediately goes what like that. I love that. Yeah. The Orndorff one was pretty good, but yeah. Uh, it was a little weird in that it had to do with a missed phone call. <laughs> That's a breakup that could have been resolved if they had texting back then. Mm. But I'll save my thoughts on that for when I cover that eventually in some form. Well, you know that that's how most rom-coms go south. If somebody misses a phone call. <laughs> yeah, you, you never want to miss a phone call, especially, you know, from the significant other. <laughs> you never want to miss a phone call if you're in a if, if you're in a rom-com. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how many times now have we seen Sid destroy the barbershop? All right, if you could wreck a window on your way out, you know, it would really help me out. <laughs> Beefcake took so much money from his insurer on mm. this. He probably made money on the deal. Sure. It almost seems like it almost seems like Beefcake was in on all these uh all these attacks. What do yeah, you think? I think Beefcake is a made guy. I <laughs> Here's the thing. I don't He's like think... Benny Fazio. I don't think that Brutus Beefcake is that good of an actor. <laughs> I'm just saying. He's Brutus Beefcake. He's the criminal mastermind, Benny Fazio. <laughs> He's, he, he, there was an American Express scam being run at the barber shop. <laughs> that's, that's 25% of my business. <laughs> All right, let's not go crazy here. He beat he beat up a bunch of jobbers, Virgil and Hercules. You know, let's not say that was a path of destruction. The whole time we've been watching this, they have used every other word in the in the thesaurus except psycho. That is true. He has. They, I I know Gorilla says it during the match though. Here does he? Okay, but. It is interesting how they never, they, they said maniacal. Maniacal, crazy, su- yeah. uh, insane. And you think they would have gone to psycho first because yeah. it's, you know, it's a, the it's S a, sound yeah. at the beginning. Yeah, it's a uh, alliteration. I mean, cr- let, let's be honest. When he gets inducted, he's going to be inducted as Psycho Sid, mm-hmm. which sucks because he should. I mean, I guess you're not going to induct him as Sid Justice or Sid Vicious, but. They should just induct him as Sid Udy, you know? My kingdom for a Sid Justice uh, induction. Like, oh, under yes. that under that name. Yeah. So the first match out of the intermission is oh going to be Tatanka versus oh Rick Martel. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Why does one of them have a Canadian flag? Oh, well, I guess it's First Nation. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, a Rick Martel promo. Yeah, here we Hopefully. go. Hopefully you can talk about that uh, looser Tito from earlier in the night. Looser. <laughs> I I like the thing around his neck. It's very nice. People oh, always their their eye is always drawn to the, either the pocket. Squ- oh no, that's not a pocket square. That's a flower, or the giant comically oversized button that says "Yes, I am a model." That mm. I know that there was a period of time that you wore one of those. That was a little weird. 
Well, you know, I tried. I was trying something new. I was calling everybody looser. It was great. You're trying to make things happen. I'm trying. I have some reservations about that. Because look at those Indians. They have no class. They have no style. They don't know anything about fashion. Besides, as I get to the ring, I'm going to have to disinfect with arrogance. And you know what? I heard... They might not even be a match, <laughs> you know, because I heard that Tatanka is still out there scalping tickets. <laughs> All right. A racist Rick Martel promo, everybody. Wow. <laughs> wow, Rick Martel. Seriously, bro? Oh. What? Apparently, uh, arrogance disinfects the ring, but it is not effective against COVID-19. I just want to. Oh, okay. Well, thank you for telling you that. We're in the all uh, all pink. When did he break out? Well, he had the purple at seven, right? The all pink. Yes. What? <laughs> the all pink. We're out breaking out the all pinks here, folks. I don't know if Brett has a problem with that. The, the suit, the suit jacket with no shirt. I have oh, no always shirt a good on. look. <laughs> I have no shirt on. I have nothing. Just my bare chest and this choker bow tie. <laughs> choker bow tie. <laughs> Just like Beefcake used to have. Yeah. Mm. It's it's kind of a, it's kind of weird that Mar- Martel kind of took. Well, Beefcake was not a model. He was a gigolo, right? Yeah. In so many words, I guess. But I mean, a stripper. The thing about Martel. That I have to give, I love Ricky Martel, but I have to give him credit for one thing. He changed his hair appropriately by age and with the times. Yes. Because he's, he's old, he's a little bit older here. He's and I think his late thirties at this point, he might've been 40. I, I can't remember. Oh, he could, probably not that old. Cause he did make the comeback in 98, but in any event, his hair always seemed appropriate for the time period and age yeah. that he was in yeah. the moment. Well, he probably took that model gimmick to heart, you know. Yeah. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do it right. I I like that. It's it's just like Repo Man. He took it. He took it seriously. At this point in his career, he's kind of just that guy who comes back every so often, mm-hmm. and like, all right, well, I'm gonna have a feud with Babyface X, and yeah. I'm gonna put this guy over a couple times, and we're gonna try to bump him up to that next level. He's and- the steady hand. That's what they're doing with Tatanka here. Yeah. Now, the the SummerSlam thing is weird, because how would you define what that match was? I mean, it wasn't a comedy match, necessarily. Uh, it wasn't booked as a comedy match, I don't think. I mean, I think it was supposed to be a serious match. I feel like it was probably the match to, to bump Sean to that next level, you know? Huh, how well, funny is it that the two pay-per-views in a row, Sean beats Strikeforce? <laughs> well, no, that was a double DQ. Oh, that's that, right. Yeah, yeah, it was. But then Sean's going for the world. He's, he wins the IC title before Survivor Series, and yeah. he's in the world title match. Yeah, but he was in the world title match anyway at Survivor Series, wasn't he? Uh, oh, no, yeah. he was just, well, was he? I don't remember. He, fa- he faced Brett. And, right, uh, was he, he going to face Brett anyway, or was he that was one going- of those... Yeah, when that was originally booked, that was neither guy had that title, and then it ended up being world title and versus IC title, but it was only for the higher belt. Yeah. I stopped it here for a second because I um, 
I just I just want to make an effort for you to not miss the great gorilla and Heenan mo- okay. cert- certain Heenan and gorilla moments okay. during the show when they're sure. I mean gorilla gets he gets very upset here. Mm-hmm. You discuss that with them. I'm a broadcast journalist. You're a liar. I'm a financial. Cons- You're a liar. And I'm going to sit here and do my job like the gentleman I am. You're a liar. And if you don't like it, you can get out of here. And you can You're a liar. Your and your headset. You know what you can do with it. Because what? you're not going to get me upset. You're all upset. You understand that right now? You're not going to get me upset. Don't jump. It's a long way down. Put him up. <laughs> Put him up. Put him up. <laughs> People don't use that phrase enough. Put him up. What was he calling him a liar for? What was he saying he was a liar about? Oh, just all the Ric Flair stuff surrounding that match. It's not important. It's the bicker uh, um, that counts. I mean, but is he not right? Savage cheated. Well, I think it's more of a what's good for the goose is good for the gander. <sighs> yeah, well, what is a gander anyway? <laughs> I don't know. I know you're quoting a movie or TV show, and I can't remember which one it is. It's a goose that's had the old switcheroo pulled on it. (laughs) That sounds like Seinfeld. It is Seinfeld. Okay, there you go. (laughs) Well, I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell you one thing about that. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back. Yes. Welcome back, Tootie. I yeah I before we came back from the intermission I decided we hadn't heard from Tootie enough recently. Can't have it in his drink. Like remember when Tootie was like eighty percent of all of our drops? <laughs> I do. Remember when Chosen was eighty percent of all of our drops? <laughs> um. Uh, no, I actually don't. No I'm talking. <laughs> oh. Well, maybe we can get more Chosen drops when Cobra Kai season five comes oh. out in September. Did you see the trailer? I did. Oh. I'm very excited for Chosen versus Terry Silver. Oh. It's you... basically the Apollo Creed versus Clubber Lang fight that we never got. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, really funny. And I and I know it's no fun to do a podcast where you're agreeing with me all the time, as we've yeah. mentioned before. But we both agree, and we will make a sound case for Chosen being the best fighter in the Karate Kid universe. Absolutely. And with the LaRusso thing, he had an excuse. Mm -hmm. Not the the crowd turning on him, but trying to kidnap somebody at knife point, that takes a lot out of somebody. Absolutely. It was an emotional roller coaster. Not that I know from experience. You're never going to get me to turn on Chosen, so yeah. just preach away, my friend. Uh, I do. I, I am excited for that. I am. I think I'm, I'm so excited. Uh, I, I can't wait, and it's going to be fantastic. Oh. Yeah. I'm, I'm thrilled. Tataka's wearing the uh, white tights that we liked last week, I think it was, on from Superstars. Was, it, was that? Uh, oh, so these are new. Or they're new-ish. They're it's, not the it, regular ones with the blue. It looks like it's black and red markings it, on it. And stuff. It's the same. It's the same one he wore on the April Fourth Superstars. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You know, with my voice the way that it is, should I just start talking like Axe from Demolition? Uh, I mean, I don't want you to do anything that's going to hurt you. So, I mean, feel free to uh, feel free to change it up a bit if you want. But we're going to pluck the golden goose. All we have to do is reach up. And grab it 
and wring its neck. Sorry, not a lot of people quote uh, Axe's promo from WrestleMania 4. No. And that, that was the first one that came to mind. That was a good one. Although I was waiting, you sounded a little bit like uh, you were going to go, oh, what a rush afterwards. And I was a little confused. But yeah. it's all good. That was a Wait, sudden finish. It was a cross body by. Oh, yeah. Off an Irish whip by Tatanka that picks up the win. There's that shitty referee. <laughs> Captain Kangaroo. I fucking hate that guy. It doesn't resolve anything, which is why they can do something for Survivor Series. But Martell, you know, would have the Michaels thing in between. So kind of strange. Yeah, what did, uh, oh, no, he did He didn't. What the hell did Tatanka have? Why do we think Tatanka had the IRS thing? That was afterwards. That was 94. Yeah. So what the hell did Tatanka have? Skinner, maybe? Was Skinner all about like wanting to kill Tatanka because he was probably just beating beating up all the beating all of the gatekeeping heels mm. like on that Skinner level? Mm. Oh, good, a Money Inc. promo. I know you're very excited. DiBiase debuting the All Blacks. Yes. <laughs> what is he from New Zealand or something? Come on. <laughs> I think that's the name of the rugby team in in New Zealand. They call them the All Blacks. The All Blacks. Yes. Yeah. And there's and there's and there's IRS, the whitest man who has ever existed. Brutus the Bobber Beefcake, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, well, Jimmy's there with uh, with DiBiase and DiBiase. Mm-hmm. DiBiase, yeah. <laughs> it's Money Incorporated, baby, and just remember one thing: natural disasters. I know all of your weaknesses. Oh, <laughs> this Money fucking promo again. <laughs> Jimmy has said this about every he says this about every fucking team he turns his back on like I know all your weaknesses shut the fuck up every one of these teams the guys stand there and listen to the Pro Bowl and in the back of their minds they're like not gonna happen to us yep, not us not <laughs> us we got the goods on this guy not happening not happening to me an earthquake and typhoon are determined to make a rather sizable withdrawal today. They are after the belt. <laughs> you know what they say, little man. You don't tug on Superman's cape. You don't spit into the wind. And you don't write checks that you don't have the funds to cover. <laughs> Guess what? It's tax time. And that means uh. it's time for you to pay up <laughs> to Money Incorporated. And in natural disasters, we're not taking you lightly. But you can rest assured, we are taking you (laughs) 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 i don't know why i'm laughing at an irs promo what's wrong with me i don't know either i I think you must have hit your head or something today (laughs) well uh, no i hit my head on friday i didn't hit my head today but we got john and fred in there now and do you notice that they're standing once again perpendicular so that they could frame everything properly john and what? <laughs> There's nothing wrong with calling them that. That's their I think, names. I think. It, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but does it look like that? That Fred is fatter than John at this point. <laughs> yeah, he does. I, I think we'd probably need a measurement on this one. But as memory serves, Gene doesn't get out the uh, the tape and start ah. doing uh, Taylor's work here. Ah, hello there, everybody. Gene Oakland here. You're thinking about Money Incorporated. However, 
When I mention the name Jimmy Hart, Jimmy you've got to be thinking revenge. We, we forgot about what that beady-eyed little cockroach did to us. Matter of fact, Jimmy Hart, we've got a real special surprise for you. It's for you guys, Ted DiBiase, and you IRS, if you think that an IRS audit's bad. Well, you ain't dealt with the natural disasters. All right. Fred, you're starting to run out of breath there about 10 seconds in. Mm-hmm. But the other thing... <laughs> Every time he calls him a cockroach, I think he's going to say that cocksucker Jimmy Hart. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is wrong with me? <laughs> no, Jimmy uh, Hart. Yeah, I uh, I mean. I don't know what the hell's wrong with you. <laughs> thank that, you. Tony was a little late. He's a little out of shape. Fucking cocksucker Jimmy Hart. <laughs> he should fucking die. <laughs> That would have been that would have been funny if that was earthquake side of the promo. Take it it easy. (laughs) The time for talking is done. The big typhoon and the quake are coming down to the ring, and we're gonna get what's rightfully ours, and that's the WWF Tag Team Championship. I love how he started the promo by saying the time for talking is over, and then said a bunch of other stuff. Time for talking is over. Now listen to me here. Like, but one more thing, and then mm-hmm. another thing, and then another thing. Can't you see? I don't have all day here. <laughs> it's like Han Solo doing the comedy bit in Star Wars. Yes. Poor Han Solo doing doing comedy spots with C-3PO. <laughs> if you want to kill Lucas for anything, kill him for that. Uh, oh, look, there's the font with the fucked up Fs. Oh, yeah. H, H's under E. Under the each additional minute, yeah. The hell's going on? Well, they do seem to be taking a little bit of a break here for whatever no, reason. I was talking about my. Uh, can I pull behind the curtain and just say I'm watching Backlash? Yes. And uh, it was like black screen for a minute. I thought maybe <laughs> there was another tit shot. Oh well. No, it's the uh, it's the oh, it's the Cody Rhodes man. <laughs> He's in there right now with the Rollins guy. Yeah. Hey, did oh, look- Jimmy Hart the following year go Money Inc.? Don't re- just remember. I know all your secrets. Yes. He, did he? Did he? Yes. He had to, right? In fact, at seven, mm-hmm. who were the Nasty Boys facing? The Hart Foundation. Yeah. At five, who were uh, Valentine and Honky facing? The Hart Foundation. Yeah. He. He fucking joined with Demolition at SummerSlam 88 and said, I I know all your secrets. And I told them all to Mr. Fuji. Who was his team? Did he have a team at, uh, oh, wait, his team at WrestleMania 6 was uh, Rhythm and Blues, and they didn't have a match. So. Yeah. Only, only with the Bushwhackers. But I think he said he knew all the Bushwhackers' secrets, too. <laughs> After, yeah. Afterwards. Right, 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 right. That, that, that's their secrets. <laughs> he said... I know that guy, Johnny, Johnny Florinitis. He used to be their flag bearer. And he told me all their secrets. One good thing here is that uh, Earthquake and Typhoon are cutting a good pace walking to the ring. They they are. They almost, they're walking better than I did when I was in Rome. (laughs) I'll tell you that much right now. Oh, by the way, did you get your watch back yet? Not (laughs) yet. I, I, I 
I didn't bring that up, and I don't know if you want to tell that story on the podcast because sure. we have a lot to discuss in this match. No, I, do we? Uh, well, we oh, do. From, the, that's from, the lady that cried last year at the Liz oh, thing. That you think that's who's carrying a natural disasters rule? No, sign? She, was, she was standing next to her. Okay, let us see. Oh my God, it is. <laughs> and uh, I don't really like that dress. But, you know, to each their own. Hmm? And to each their own, I guess. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know. Natural. Who makes a sign that small? I mean, it got on television, got on pay-per-view. Yeah, it's a fucking index card. (laughs) I don't know. So I've been in the lead up to this. I've been saying that there's a lot of problems with how you book this, where they just booked the cop out finish that they did. Yeah. Very, very unhappy with it, but then again, I guess they continue this feud through the summer. It's just so stupid because you, you, you hate a okay, you hate a guy like IRS just as much as you hated a guy like Honky Tonk Man, and they do the exact same fucking thing with him. It's so it's so annoying. I mean, at least like Ted DiBiase would actually beat people. And get beaten and shit like that. I mean, uh, DQs are okay, but fucking just countouts. And they did that all over the place. Ugh. I mean, I don't know if I've suggested my alternate ending for this, but it's definitely the natural disasters go too far and they Mm -hmm. end up getting DQ'd because of their heel tendencies that they haven't shook off yet. Sure. Something like that. Or even do a thing where Jimmy Hart tosses the megaphone in, tries to help them. It gets intercepted, and they use it, but they get caught using it. Something like that. Yeah. Any Anything would be better. Anything um, is better than what happens. Like, you know, a Typhoon and IRS having a dick measuring contest in the center of the ring and then being disqualified for flashing the crowd. That would be better than the finish that they did here. I always go back to thinking of what if IRS was on the outside doing an actual tax audit and <laughs> he just had he had a bunch of Pinkerton guards come down and arrest Typhoon for, you know, not paying his taxes appropriately. Boy, that would That's be that would, uh, a financial guy doing audit stuff would hit too close to home for me. I'm sorry. A, it's yeah. an ending, though. <laughs> oh, it's an ending, all right. It's an ending to everything. It's an ending to everything. I I don't recall Money Inc. getting very, very much offense in this match either. Is this it when they walk out? Oh, I wouldn't think so. I mean, they literally just got there. I know this isn't a long match because they fucked up the timing of the whole show. <laughs> they just got there. <laughs> No, so, do you just... want, do you, so do you want me to tell the watch story while there's like a break in the action here? Ah, uh, yes. How, how you left your watch in Italy and mm-hmm. uh, how you're going to get it back. Okay. So I have an Apple watch. Uh, I wore it throughout my trip because I was trying to keep a tab on my steps and mil- meters. Let's just put it mm-hmm. no, my, miles or whatever that I walked. And when I got to the airport at Rome to go through the security checkpoint, I took my watch off, put it in the bin because they said you got to take all your electronic stuff off, yada, yada, yada. When I went through, there was just there was a woman 
and her daughter and the woman was like older and she was confused and she kept trying to take her shoes off, which she didn't have to. And she was just standing there with like her shoes in her hand. And the, the Italian people are like, you don't have to take your shoes off. And she was, and then her daughter started like yelling at her to let's go, let's go, let's go. And I got confused and flustered and I took all the stuff out of my bin, but I left my watch in the bin. So I was all bent out of shape because I didn't notice until I had gone through the point where they stamp your passport to, like, basically kick you out of the country. And I was like, oh, shit. So I said to, you know, my brother turns and he looks at me and he goes, well, just go back. And I go, I can't go back. I can't go back now. It's past the point on no return. So he's so I just go forget it. It's fine. Fuck it. Whatever. It's whatever it is, what it is. So I get home um, and I'm all pissed off. And I look at I look on the website and I see that there's a lost and found at the airport. So I I call the lost. And, now, Italy is six hours from where I am in Boston. <laughs> so I called at like six o'clock in the morning. And, of course, they were at lunch. And, you know, they must take lunch from six to they must take lunch from 12 to two. And then they close the office at three and they don't answer the phones from two to three. So, yeah. needless to say, Monday and Tuesday, the following two, Monday and Tuesday, I couldn't get through to anybody. So because I'm over 40, I have to get up in the middle of the night to pee. So I got up to, <laughs> so I got up at three o'clock in the morning on Wednesday to pee. And I said, you know what? It's 9 a.m. there. Let me call them. So I go and I just I call him. I'm laying in bed. I call. They answer the phone. They're like, ah, buongiorno. And I was like, oh, and I, I English. And they said a little bit. I said, oh, I go. I left my Apple watch at the security checkpoint. In Terminal 3. And the woman goes, what color? And I said, it was black. Black Apple Watch. And she goes, we have it. None more black. (laughs) I go, yes. I go, can you ship it back to me? And she goes, you have to come and get it. And I was like, "Um, I live in America. And she goes, oh. And then she just started yelling at me in Italian, like probably the instructions on how to get it back or whatever. And I just was like, I go, is does anybody speak English? And she goes, no. I went, oh, great. So then she's just like, blah, 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 blah. So I went, okay, thank you. And I hung up, thank you. And I hung up the phone. <laughs> so, can we stop this cruel game? I, I wonder at what point you yelled that at them. <laughs> so so I just, I said, I, I go, all right. So I, I, I'm, I, I'm relaying this information to my brother and i said i think what i'm just gonna do is i'm just gonna send like a padded envelope with a self-addressed stamped padded envelope back and i'm just gonna send it to the to the leonardo da vinci international airport terminal three in fumicino italy (laughs) like and see if they ship it back to me so i went to the post office asked if i you know if they knew anything about it and they go, yeah, that's not going to work. They're like, you're not going to be able to send that back because yeah. they need to do Italian postage. And I was like, right. Oh. right. So I was like, okay. And the guy at the post office said, where'd you stay? And I said, well, I stayed at like an Airbnb. He goes, well, was it a good experience? I said, yeah, the place was fantastic. He goes, email the woman that or email the owner of the Airbnb and see if they'll go get it for you and ship it to you. And I said, um, that's an idea. So I emailed the person. It's like a Hail Mary pass. Yeah. Yeah. And she didn't even speak English really either. So I had to do like Google Translate and Google Translate like a letter (laughs) that says like, hi, 
um, I'm an asshole and I left my watch at the fucking airport. Would you be able to do do me a solid and take a half hour ride out there and go fight with the people at the Lost and Found and see if they'll give you my wa- my wa- watch? She writes back, sure, no problem. I was like, wow. <laughs> so I sent this letter. It had like my copy. I'm yeah. just picturing all the people, uh, you talking in Italian and and trying to like enunciate the words properly and they're like they still don't get it because they're like it must be a dialect from a different region (laughs) the little italy of malden or something well i did that like at one point i lost well i lost my brother at one point in rome and (laughs) for like for like 45 minutes the two of us were probably like three miles apart it was kind of it was kind of funny my brother was like i didn't know where the fuck you were and i was like i don't know where you were i thought you were still in this like kiosk buying keychains um so I'm trying to talk to people, and I have the Google Translator app open on my phone, and I'm just going, um, uh, mi madre es uh, Napoli. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't that good. So uh, anyway, I write this letter. I send her the information. She sends me a picture the other day. She sends the picture of her holding the friggin' watch in the bag that they had it in at Lost and Found. And I was like, holy shit. And then I said, tell me how much it is. I'll PayPal you. Um, I PayPal'd her some money, uh, a little bit extra for her troubles. Yes. And she shipped it back, and it's uh, en route. It was en route. So it hasn't arrived yet, but it's en route. No, that that is good. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you got your – I mean, it, like I said, it's like a Hail Mary pass. You're contacting sure. somebody in another country mm-hmm. to send – something that's fairly valuable back back to you yeah but um i wrapped course, that sto- i wrapped that story up right as the match ended too isn't that funny <laughs> did you notice that uh yeah good jo- good job by you on that uh <laughs> that match went eight minutes and 36 seconds it, mm. it did not feel like it went that long no. but i don't say that as a compliment because the whole thing sucked so there was about a 90 second heat segment on typhoon uh earthquake Nobody got offense in on Earthquake. <clears throat> and uh, Gorillas Nor said should they. they should be the tag champions, and they would be in about three and a half months. Although, it, it, sadly enough, it's Earthquake who eats the... the when, the, when they lose it, yeah. I guess, I guess submission. Yes. Who's this fucking guy? Oh, wait. <laughs> it's not a WrestleMania without an awkward Brutus Beefcake Gene Oakland promo. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, the show can fucking begin. Ah, Brutus Beefcake, what a beautiful package. <laughs> I mean, th- that hair is still an atrocity. It's not even a good mullet. It's like a terrible mullet. <laughs> well, at least he got rid of, like, the spike look on top. Ed Leslie, the man who played poker in my living room at my house in Woburn. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Ed Leslie. The man my brother took down in a poker tournament in Woburn, Massachusetts. <laughs> I just love the fact that it was kind of implied that Beefcake was going to accompany Hogan to the ring. Yeah. And then he doesn't. Nope. <laughs> I mean, why even be dressed in ring gear, technically, at WrestleMania? Hmm. I'm just here to support Hogan anyway. I'm here I'm here to help him any way that I can, you know? Yeah. Great. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Burtis. <laughs> fucking, fucking big help you are with your little delicate face. 
You know, Mean Gene, that's a fact. That's maybe even an understatement. You know, the Hulkster and I, we've been everywhere. We've been to the top. We've been to the bottom. I've seen them down low, and I've seen them up high. I'm glad to know that they've done it in various positions. I've seen them down low. I've seen them up high. I've seen direct. I've looked directly into his chocolate starfish. <laughs> oh, please. And I've talked into his microphone several times. Please. Please. <laughs> I'm going to have you thrown out of here in a minute. (laughs) Oh, he's got the bow tie choker as well. Mm -hmm. I've always seen him keep his dignity. I've never seen him (laughs) drop his head. He's always held his head high. He's always been a given man. He's given all of his life. Oh. All right. Beefcake talking about Hogan's head, Hogan and head. I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. Hogan. Hogan's always been the giving type. Like when he really (laughs) gives it to me on Saturday nights. (laughs) While Linda's out playing beat bingo. Will you be serious? <laughs> By the way, I think we I think our Patreon should definitely be a Sopranos podcast where I only do wrestling drops. <laughs> <laughs> like it, I could just play beefcake saying stuff like this when the veto scenes come up. <laughs> <laughs> and you know something mean, Gene? I'm just here to add my voice to the rest of those 70,000 out there to make sure that he knows that we're behind him all the way. And regardless of whether this is his last match or not, I just want him to know that I'm behind him all the way. And I'm the number one Hulkamaniac. And one thing is for sure, Hulkamania will live forever. Yeah. Hey, man, I thank you, Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Yeah. Let's get back to ring. All right, well, lovely. So we got Owen Hart versus Skinner now. Don't blink. <laughs> that That's my advice. Don't this blink. Is, this is that Owen Hart, Greg Valentine music that he had. Yeah, they did kind of recycle Hammer's music for him, didn't they? <laughs> oh. I'm sorry. I just needed to pause it on the part where Skinner uh, spits chewy tobacco right at Owen's face. <laughs> I think it's a tragedy that we didn't get to hear the mosquito music, the swamp music throughout the entire Hoosier Dome <laughs> for Skinner's entrance. Is that what it's called? Mosquito music? <laughs> Why is it mosquito music? Why is it like Everglades music? It's a it lot just of mos- it just sounded like a lot of mosquitoes. It's a lot of mosquitoes down there. I love Manhattan. There's no mosquitoes. <laughs> we got mosquitoes. Yeah, yeah Owen Hart uh, becoming the first wrestler to appear in blackface at WrestleMania since Roddy Piper at WrestleMania 6. Uh, it was only two years ago, pal. Yeah, I, I know, but... Uh, he you should say... You should say Owen Hart, the last wrestler to appear in blackface at WrestleMania. Well, I'm not sure. I told you. I haven't watched 34. <laughs> I don't think anybody was in blackface at 34. Oh, look. It's the 10 beats of the Bowery. <laughs> no, well, no, not, it's not. Not quite. <laughs> but, I mean, from the perspective of Steve Kern versus Owen Hart, they are wearing probably the outfits that you don't really want to associate with them. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I almost feel like I almost feel like if you switch the outfits, it might associate with them better. Skinner Skinner looks like he stole General Adnan's outfit and like ripped a lot of stuff off. But I think he did. <laughs> I like that Skinner hit his finish forty seconds into the match, and uh, and Owen kicked out of it. Mm-hmm. And here's our finish right here: O'Connor roll by Owen. 
And there's Owen with a bunch of chewing tobacco on his face. And the most ridiculous pants in WrestleMania history. (laughs) He looks like his face is cleaned up. How did that happen? I think he probably uh, probably wiped his face on Skinner's shirt. Poor Steve (laughs) Kern. (laughs) This guy deserves so much better. Your brother Owen, whatever happened there. Whatever... (laughs) Whatever happened there? <laughs> God Brother rest his own. soul. The accident. God, God rest his soul. Own. <laughs> uh, it's weird that they... I, I know we talked about the Hoosier Dome earlier, but there's nothing significant about that building other than the fact that it kind of looks like the Pontiac Silverdome, except it's smaller. Mm. Oh, WWF yes. Fan Club. Were you a member back in the day? Yeah, I told you. Remember, I said oh, I, had yes, the, yeah. I had the cassette tape, but the uh, yeah, yeah, I had the... pictures at some point. I, mean, I must have had pictures at some point. Please, dude. As soon as I started like getting into wrestling, I went way over the top. I like that it said for an application, call this number. I want to see if anybody sent in an application and was rejected <laughs> or waitlisted. <laughs> We don't have enough tapes, pal. <laughs> but, but Vince, I really want that tape that has Bam Bam Bigelow saxophone theme and the Islanders theme as well. <laughs> oh, here we are, our Lord and Savior, with Gene Oakland and Little Dom DeLuise. In one of the final readings, yeah, or the final reading of the Book of Sid to the to the Hulkamaniacs. Yep. It, it, uh, in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Uh, a final reading of a Sid to the WrestleManias. Glory to you, Lord. I I already said last week that it was the final letter to the Hulkamaniac, so I couldn't say that again. I guess you could say that it's from that book, as from that letter as well, and sure. he just didn't finish it. Yes, but let's yeah. just put it this way. I only main event WrestleManias. He has a 100% main eventing WrestleMania <laughs> average. And he's 0-2. And it's funny because when he does get into the Hall of Fame, they're going to have to in- announce the Hall of Famers and bring them out last to close the yeah. show. Because Sid only closes Manias. He, do- he doesn't go anywhere else in the card. <laughs> Whippleman, Whippleman got that put into his contract, and it's sure. in perpetuity for some reason. Yes. What is it that he yells at Gene? Is it bald-headed oaf? I'm trying to remember. Well, I know he doesn't call him a cocksucker. That's for sure. <laughs> All right. Will Smith say uh, the word that we have been longing for him to he, uh, to say. Why? Uh, as, a, yeah, as a sentence. As, as a sentence just by itself. Will he, will he do it here? I can't re- I can't remember this promo chapter and verse, even though I say that it's a chapter and a verse from from the Bible, from the Bible, the Book of Sid. Um, I I'm gonna go with no. Yeah, I'm thinking not either. Um, but well, take it, bake them away, toys. This match. By the way, we're live, pal. Up this afternoon, I expect there's gonna be a barn burner. No, but- shut up, you fat. Oh, a little oaf. <laughs> now you, Hogan. That wasn't very nice. 
<laughs> Mindy's trying not to laugh. <laughs> He's looking you back see, at oh, Whippleman. Is like, is this guy fucking serious? Did you see Mindy? Mindy cracked a smile. It was awesome. Okay, so so what you're telling me is you want me to like back it up to the exact moment. Yes. Where where he starts screaming at him, yeah. he gets in his face, and <laughs> look right. Right there. Yeah, okay. Right there. He is, all right. All right. Oakland is smiling. I just want everybody to when Sid turns to the camera and points, but before Oakland turns to yeah. Whippleman, yeah. uh Gene is kind of cracking a smile. You ever notice and, that Gene Oakland kind of looks like Jerry Remy with less hair? Yeah, he kind of does, doesn't he? Again, <laughs> how boring burner it won't be. It is going to be your last match, and I will see to that. I have already made that promise to you, Hogan. As I leave this dressing room, and I stand in the ring, and you walk down that aisle, you remember one thing, that I am the master, and you are but the learner, Hogan. You are but the learner. Wait a minute, Sid Justice, at the risk of sounding negative... You indicate that this is going to be Hulk Hogan's last match. We well, I never... promise it's going to be his last match. We have never heard that from Hulk Hogan himself. As a matter of fact, recently, my colleague Vince McMahon talked to the Hulkster. I like Sid, the look on Sid's face when he's like, Vince talked to Hogan? What? It's like, come on, Sid. You didn't watch the special on the USA Network? Why? <laughs> why, why are you making me watch film of this guy? Why? And why? here was... It's <laughs> uh, his answer. Take a look. Then is this your last match? <laughs> da, this da, da. Is this the last time we see you step into the ring? When you ask that question, it makes me sweat. Um, everywhere I've been. All right, well, we fucking heard this like a million times. It feels like when you ask me that question, it makes me sweat, brother. The only, the only person that makes me sweat more than you and ask me this question, Vince, is Brother Brudeye. <laughs> and Bubba the Love Sponge's wife. And... <laughs> One thing about, like, this that I was thinking about is, what if this was Hogan's last match and he just never came back? How is wrestling different? Well, the NWO angle is sure a hell of a lot different because it doesn't have that one... I think people would remember the Scott Hall and Kevin Nash stuff before that a little bit more than they people focus on the Hogan third man stuff. Right. It didn't have the it. It would not have had the legs. Absolutely not. Your third man might have been somebody like Sting, which wouldn't have made a lot of sense in the moment. But I do think also, I mean, it, it would have been a betrayal to the WCW audience, so it would have gotten over with them, but it wouldn't have received the same mainstream attention. No. Oh. I like how Sid, I'm just picturing Sid being forced to watch this. <laughs> like, I don't want to watch fucking the, the guy who runs this company kiss my opponent's ass. Yeah, this doesn't sound good to me. <laughs> Especially considering that I'm sure Sid... Having been in WCW, knowing that everyone lies all the time, because yeah. every friggin' booker lied at, to every friggin' wrestler in WCW, he must be thinking to himself, oh, same shit, different day. 
Well, I'm sure that what we're going to get is a calm and reasoned response. <laughs> Very lucid. From Sid. Sid uh, poignant. <laughs> See there, Sid Justice. Hulk Hogan didn't indicate this would be his last. Shut up! <laughs> I don't care! Overruled. I don't give a damn about the memories of Hulk Hogan. The only thing they'll remember is that Sid Justice is the man that ended Alchemania. Now you, Hogan, I curse you. I curse you and every Hulkamaniac because I, because I rule the world. Mm-hmm. Interesting foreshadowing by saying, I curse you, Hogan. Mm-hmm. Who's the guy who does all the curses? Oh. Ah. I don't think I've ever thought of that before. Satanic black magic. Mm. Sick shit. Yes. Makes sense. Mm. So, so that's the way they fucking set up Papa Shango is just that. <laughs> Here's this random guy who debuted four weeks ago. <laughs> the, the other, I compared the Hoosier Dome to the Silver Dome. They both had the uh, kind of inflatable roof there. Yeah, I was just going to ask, what is that made out of, like, Teflon or something? It, or? it is Teflon, yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is the start Har- of... Harvey Crippleman. Because remember, Finkel hadn't been doing a lot of the Superstars episodes up to this point. It was Mel Phillips instead. Yes. Yeah, and then you had Mike McGurk, who, of course, had <laughs> had her own run-ins with Whippleman dating back several months. Mm-hmm. Harvey Whippleman. That is Dr. Harvey Whippleman. I am kind of upset that Sid didn't get a proper Howard Finkel introduction at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Instead, Although he's he getting might, fucking downtown Bruno. He might He might. He might have at thirteen. Oh, was Finkel uh, still working then? Yeah. Who else would have okay. been? No. It wasn't Lillian Garcia yet. That is. That is true. Yeah. Although they they would always find ways to fuck with Finkel and you know have other guys in and and. Uh, What's his name? Tony. Um, the hell is his name? Oh yeah, what was that guy's name? The guy uh, Tony Chimmel. Yeah, Tony. He, Chimmel. he was around forever. So like, even though, I mean, good luck finding a person who thinks that Tony Chimmel was superior to Howard Finkel. I mean, maybe there's a listener to this program who I, I disagree with you vehemently, and uh, perhaps violently if you say the wrong thing. This is the main event. At WrestleMania. <laughs> I'm sure Vince fucking loved this. Hit. Oh, Jesus Say, Christ. WrestleMania. This fucking people. Welcome to the main event at WrestleMania. <laughs> like, Vince has already worn, oh, fuck. He's worn himself out yelling at Flair and, and Brett for blading. So. What else can what else, what else can go wrong here, right? Oh, God, Am I like, right? <laughs> what? Am I right? Well, this has to be the last thing and that's happened, right? Oh, shit. We forgot to put Bulldog Berserker on. <laughs> All right. That's it. That's the last thing that's going to go wrong at this main, at this pay-per-view. And show respect to the greatest man in the World Wrestling Federation. Wrestling. The WRF. The World Wrestling Federation. It's Vince's southern brand. World Ah. <laughs> that actually would I'm surprised like 
Why wouldn't Vince have made a brand to just appeal to Southern fans if he because, felt like... Oh, you know okay. why? It's because when Ted Turner called him up and said, I'm in the wrestling business, piss was Vince got pissed. And ever since then, you know, he can't stand the fact that he grew up in North Carolina with that stepfather that beat the shit out of him. And he doesn't like the South. Well, you know what else I think um, I, I think it might be is they, they did do a Southern uh, wrestling territory thing. And I'm not talking about that Southpaw comedy bit that they did several years ago. NXT from 2014 to 2016 was basically run like an old school territory. Yeah. Or maybe not even all the way to 2016. But from the time it went on the network up through the time, basically the Dusty passed away, which was middle of 2015. It was very much like a, like an old school territory show. You know, one hour and... Yeah. And even you could even go one step further and say when they went from uh, what Ohio Valley to FCW and they were yeah. in Florida Championship Wrestling, it was like a southern. It was a I mean, it was run by Steve Kern. Yeah. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> oh, which we're gonna tie him back in somehow. Oh, that's a good camera shot right there. Yep. Oh, I like the big smile by Sid to the camera. Mm-hmm. Gorilla calling him straight jacket material. Yeah. The elevator doesn't go to the top. He's not playing with a full set of cards. Did you see the kid with the glasses? He wasn't doing a thumbs up. He wasn't doing a thumbs down. He was doing like a thumbs in the middle thing. Yeah. Like he's, what was he, like, like he, No, he's like a fucking observer reader. It's like, all right, give me your thumbs up and thumbs down. Send it to hsmeltzer at judo.com. Again, Juno. Yeah, because it's 1994. <sighs> you know, I subscribed to Juno for like a month. What was Juno? It was an internet uh, service provider back oh, in the day. Like America Online? Yeah, in like 1996. Oh. Huh? But it was more like the internet that you would know today, which wasn't fully formed. So that's why AOL was so important because AOL had everything like in their portal. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. And Hogan's like, oh, I can't believe I'm getting all these cheers. I'm just glad Beefcake's not here. Now, Ugh. it is very clear that everybody hates this match except for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because it, it this match, with the exception of mostly the beginning part where Hogan comes in and does his early shine, uh, no more shines. <laughs> no more shines. No more shines, Sid. <laughs> Basically, Hogan Hogan beats up Sid for the first ninety seconds, and then <laughs> Sid Sid is just like, no more shines, Hogan. No more shines. I don't, no more. I don't, no more I don't sh- know. You've been away a long time. No more. No more shines, Terry. <laughs> what? No more shines. I don't know if they didn't tell you. Anybody go up there and tell you you've been away for a while filming Suburban Commando. No more shines. <laughs> but ah, it's true. <laughs> I'm just breaking your balls a little bit. I'm just breaking your balls. <laughs> oh, Mike, I just want Sid to get a cameo so I can make him say this. I can break up my party. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if Sid had ended every promo with that, he would have main evented every WrestleMania from 9 through 31. 
<laughs> Look at how they're still playing his music. That fucking irritates me to no end. I mean, I get it that they were trying to say this was his last match, but it's just so irritating. Like such disrespect. No, the match has no. already started. I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you here, and I'm gonna play devil's advocate. Uh, it's the one time you can pretend that Hogan is New Jack, where he's got his music playing as he's in the match. <laughs> so fucking dumb. It's like we're like a full minute in. And, uh, all right, now he does the T-shirt rip. The, the Hulk Hogan American flag with only 10 states. <laughs> he was a big fan of that period of time before the rest of the state, <laughs> rest of the original colonies accepted the Constitution. It's like, it's like Homer Simpson with the 49-star flag. Oh, no, the 47-star flag I'll be, to a poo. I'll be, I'll be damned if I recognize Oklahoma. <laughs> I like how Sid gathers himself. He does the heel going outside to take a powder. But really, the match hadn't started because the bell rang after all that shit. Boy, I hope they don't screw up the timing of this match. (laughs) Right now, backstage, Papa Shango is in a very heated game of uh, Pinochle with The Undertaker. (laughs) (laughs) It's always Pinochle with The Undertaker. Do you know how many angles got screwed up because of dudes playing cards with The Undertaker? Not just cards. Always Pinochle. Always Pinochle. <laughs> they're big Pinochle fans. I didn't know if you knew that. That's what the Bone Street crew is about, Pinochle. Old Pinochle taker. Yes. <laughs> Screwing up WrestleMania 8. You know how Pinochle is. <laughs> Some, sometimes... Uh, Oh, yeah, sometimes sometimes it would just go wrong. It, it, the, for the boss man, he was never the same. Papa Shango got derailed. No, my favorite was that fucking story of that story about the boss man. <laughs> Steve Austin tells he goes, he fucking missed coming out. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and he Jerry... was busy. He was busy talking to the Undertaker. <laughs> It was 98 Survivor uh, Series, right? Yeah, well, it was like, no, I think it was like Over the Edge or... It no, was, I, I think it was the 98 Survivor Series because isn't it the Rock... Isn't it... No, not Rock. Uh, Austin Mankind match. And then Jerry Briscoe has to do a chair shot to Austin. Is it that? I thought it was, yes. the, I thought it was like one of the Dude Love um, Steve Austin matches like at the beginning, like either the April or May. And that's what it was. But you could be right. But yeah, that's it's that match, Jerry Briscoe. And, he, and it's, the thing that pissed Steve off the most was that Jerry Briscoe hit him really hard with the chair. No, I thought it was that it looked bad. No, I think he said he looked because Briscoe was trying to be super careful with it. Oh, well, maybe maybe I, I'm getting it all wrong. I, I thought it was like, see, maybe I'm all confused. I haven't watched Survivor Series '98 in a while. I did watch it since the network came on at least once or twice. The yeah. night that it was originally on, I didn't see it because I went to an ECW show in Revere instead. Talk uh, about talk about uh, priorities. Jesus, yeah. man. Seriously. I went to an ECW house show over watching a WWF pay-per-view in 98. Where they were crowning a new world champion, I might add. Yeah. I'm not as high on that tournament as everybody else is because, yeah, the storytelling's good. But, I mean, come on. I mean, it, it's a, it's well, no, a different... I mean, I'm not... No, I'm not. I'm not talking about it being. No, I'm not being talking about it being high on the actual tournament itself. It's just the fact that they were crowning a new champion. I mean, that's kind of. I mean, at the time, it was a bit of a big event. 
You know, we were still in the era when titles didn't change hands all the time. Well, except for the month before, they basically did the fucking uh, Undertaker and Kane both pinned Steve Austin at the same time or some yeah. bullshit. And that was, but that was the, that was like a, it was starting to become hot potato, but at least the world title wasn't a hot potato at that point just, just yet. Yeah. Then it started, 99, it started becoming a hot potato and. You know, part of that part of that was because they didn't know what they had in Austin, if how much longer he yeah. was going to be around uh, just from a health perspective. Right now here, of course, Hogan ain't the champion. And that's because, I mean, you, you know, he's going. I mean, why would they as a fan watching this at the time? I'm like, they're if they're talking about this stuff, they're speculating. Well, then it's going to happen. Why else would it get brought up? I mean, am I crazy to think that as a uh, 12, 13-year-old, whatever? No, no. That's, and that's probably the age grouping of what they were going for. Yeah. Oh, here comes the Hogan blowing the guy segment. <laughs> oh, great. We haven't had enough of those recently. Notice notice they switched the camera angles, and now they're sideways, high yeah. camera side, the, so that it first... doesn't look like Hogan's blowing Sid. Sid, brother, we got to know where the hard camera is, because when we do the test of strength spot, I can't look like I'm sucking you off. Cause I did it... that once, <laughs> and it's not going to look good. Everyone talks about it. It's the one <laughs> thing people bring up about six. Someday, there's going to be GIFs, or perhaps GIFs, on the internet, people are going to argue about the pronunciation, but anyway, Brother. they're going to post it, and it's going to be very embarrassing for me, and people gonna are going to make, make me, fun of me. It's going to make me look like I'm sucking off the warrior. And then uh, Sid's going to be like, shut up! I know all about the internet. I am the master and ruler of the world, remember? Who do you think came up with the internet? <laughs> Sid invented the internet, not Al Gore. No, Sid. <laughs> Sid Yui. That's why the internet is so fucked up and has screwed everything up in the last 30 years because Sid invented it. Because that's why everybody who has half the brains that you do are on the internet because of Sid. <laughs> so much softball content in the 90s when the World Wide Web came online. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> in fact, it's called the World Wide Web. It's the same reason why it's called Web Gems. Like they're catching in webs and baseball gloves. The webbing of a baseball glove. I mean, the internet is basically Sid, but it's an anagram. You know, it's it's an acronym. It's stupid information disseminated. <laughs> That's what the internet is. It's Sid. Sid is the internet. <laughs> I mean, in fact, there. When you go to type something in your Google search bar, Sid goes to his Encyclopedia Britannica and looks it up, and yes. tells you what the answer is. Oh, God. Hogan, all right. Hogan got a reverse on the corner whip and got a clothesline, but the, there's not much other offense than that. And now we get the one-handed choke slam. Hogan does not really go for the ride. And I would be remiss if I didn't point out that Sid, I mean, that Hogan looks really old here. And, yeah, I, thought, and, I, yeah. and I thought so at the time, too. Mm-hmm. And Sid, and Sid is new and vibrant, and this is my favorite part of the match right here. When Sid goes over to the corner camera in an oblique tribute to his former manager, Teddy Long, 
<laughs> decides to cut a promo into the camera in the middle of the WrestleMania main event. I love it that this is something that you would ordinarily see on WCW Pro. Mm-hmm. And Sid is bringing it now to the main event of WrestleMania. There <laughs> we go. Basically, basically, all stages, you know? Yes. See, we have a saying. It goes like this Do unto the man as he would do unto you. <laughs> but do it first. Yes, sir, baby. He's, he's talking like it's over. It's not over. I like that he took a quick break during the match to just. Exclaim that. He he went out and he just he gave us a sermon. <laughs> Sid information disseminated. <laughs> Father Sid <laughs> is just giving us what he's taking us to church. It is a Sunday, you know. It's just absolutely incredible that this guy is gone three weeks from now. <laughs> I mean, let's think about it. Well, it's the beginning of softball season. We know why. The two guys closing WrestleMania are out of the company by the end of the month. It's basically yeah. like Goldberg and Lesnar. Yeah. I mean, that wasn't the main event of 20, but uh, everybody knows how it went down there, and it was not pretty. <laughs> well, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't remember what the main event of 20 was. As far as I know, the WrestleMania 20 ended with uh, The Undertaker versus Kane. No, I like the way that they always frame it on the WWE Network descriptions. Shawn Michaels and Triple H compete in a triple threat match. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the actual description for Backlash 04. <laughs> uh, I love it. When they, when they enjoy stuff, when, when they do stuff like that, I really enjoy it. Yeah, so do I. I'm waiting for them to talk about the main event at WrestleMania 1 when they go, the main event is Paul Orndorff, Roddy Piper with... Uh, with Bob Orton as their corner man versus Mr. T, Hulk Hogan, and that's it. <laughs> Some uh, Sivy Afi. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to mention the guy that's in their corner. <laughs> yeah. Nancy Argentino, whatever happened there? <laughs> whatever happened there? <laughs> Nancy Argentino. Argentina Rocca. Now, look, this isn't exactly a work rate fest. I mean, Sid's locking in a nerve hold like he's fucking 800-pound Yokozuna at this point. I was going to say, I, I remember this from uh, 3 when Andre did yeah. this for about 45 minutes. It's a big man match. They're not going to do a bunch of, like, uh, it's going to be a lot of power stuff. Yeah, there's a rest hold here, but whatever. And I know I'm a Sid honk. Whatever. You're not, I don't care. You're not going to see a lot of planches here. Not going to see any uh, go-behinds or figure-four leg locks. Because <laughs> we all know Hogan does a fucked-up figure-four leg lock. Yeah, uh, he's fuck. What a fucking moron. I just I, I just want you to know right now that uh, at this point in time, um, Papa Sean goes down a few tricks from... <laughs> he's recruiting some hoes in Indianapolis and is not very successful. He's down a few tricks right now, so he's, he's struggling. He's struggling. He's struggling. I don't care about the main event struggling. I don't care about the main event struggling. <laughs> I think Hogan's taking a nap. Is this like Stud versus Andre at the Cap Center <laughs> where Andre just went to sleep for nine minutes? <laughs> I'm pretty sure he is just asleep. <laughs> but he's Andre. doing... He, He's doing that fake thing where I'm pr- yeah. like, like I did as a kid, pretending to sleep to try to get out of going to church. Yeah. 
Oh, there he is. Oh, now you're ready to accept the Eucharist, Hulk. Jesus. Sorry, we've been doing a lot of religious humor on this show <laughs> recently. Have you noticed that? Yes, I have. Mm. You know what? I really wish Sid had done when he had a moment as he went into the corner and ate a sandwich like Morocco. That would have, <laughs> that would have been really funny. <laughs> I like that last spot where Sid just cuts off Hogan and hits him with that big side suplex. Mm-hmm. Killing off Dino Bravo's finisher. But he did it with such ease. Mm-hmm. And now he's calling for the power bomb. Dino Bravo was still alive at this time, right? Yes, he was. And he had brown hair. Mm. He and wasn't again, in the company anymore. And he? again, is a... Uh, no. No, he wasn't. He's gone. Okay. Watch this. Here it comes. Head between the legs. Takes an awful lot of power to do this. It's over. Well, not the last time Hogan would kick out of a power bomb on pay-per-view. I love how Hogan just does the dead fish, flopping around as the dead fish. Yeah. He sucks. God, he sucks. Okay. Sid has kicked him twice. Sid didn't have him well scouted. He should have done that genius thing and just got out of the ring. You know what he should have done is he should have just kicked Hogan in the nuts. No one ever kicked Hogan in the nuts when he was standing there. He's he's on one. He's got one knee down. He's kneeling on the other one. All you got to do, his nuts are wide open. Everybody tries to either punch him in the head or kick him in the chest. Kick him in the nuts. That'll stop his fucking Hulk up. Are you kicking Hulk Hogan's nuts or Terry Bollea's nuts? There's a distinction. There's a Well, there's a big. You're, you're, all right. You're kicking Terry Bollea's nuts, but Hulk Hogan's dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. oh wait actually i think you'd want hogan's nuts and terry's dick because terry's dick is smaller so it's not going to cover the nuts hogan's so. nuts sounds like a small time like nut operation where you can buy like cashews and stuff <laughs> hogan's nuts on sale <laughs> we got cashews peanuts almonds and don't forget about those brazil nuts brother I don't remember Hogan taking a guy to the corner turnbuckles during the Hulk up uh, sequence. It no, almost feels like he, it almost feels like he's trying to kill time for something. Yeah, it seems like it. So Irish whip here. Big boot. But he hasn't slammed Sid yet. Well, that's the thing is he talks about slamming Sid. I mean, granted, Sid's a big dude, but Sid's a tall dude. He didn't he weigh yeah. less than Hogan. Uh, no, Sid was like 325, or that's what he was billed as. Oh. He, I mean, Hogan is definitely much smaller at this point, yeah. and Sid, Sid weighs more than him at, at this time. Sid's probably a legit 300 at this mm. point. Mm. I mean, he, he's on enough juice to take down an African elephant. <laughs> I don't know why I would take down the elephant. Not Harambe, <laughs> though. <laughs> no. <laughs> we don't like to talk about that. I like how Hogan's pretending his back hurts from slamming Sid. Yep. He's not Andre, dickhead. All right, leg drop. All right, All right now. We're, we're kind of breaking this. we got to break this down like it's this is a Bruder film. <laughs> okay. All right. So this is the I did. I did ask for 45 minutes to discuss the ending of WrestleMania 8, and here right. it is. Here it is. Hogan hits the leg drop. Yeah. They cut to the hard camera. Yeah. Luckily, they don't do a million cuts like they do now, so I can no. actually examine this. Yes. Whippleman is already up on the apron. Mm-hmm. Hebner, probably at this point, and I haven't considered this, Hebner should probably go over and try to get Whippleman down and not count this. But instead, he goes and counts the fall. Well, here's the thing you don't know. 
Hebner's earpiece went out. <laughs> so he didn't hear Vince screaming in the earpiece in the earpiece. This fucking guy is not this guy's not fucking coming. I don't know where he is. I don't know where this fucking shango is. <laughs> That's what Vince is screaming. In yeah. my, like, well, all right. Now it's it's like a WrestleMania eight, choose your own adventure. If 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 Hebner goes over to Whippleman, a lot of this is avoided because it yes. buys it buys time for the Shango run it. Well, the best part about it too is Shango fucking saunters down like it's a Saturday morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. We'll we'll cover that when we all get. Right, there. All right. Let's let's get minute so, by minute. Whippleman on second by millisecond by millisecond. Whippleman on apron. Hebner Hogan hit the leg uh, drop. Yep. He's got Sid pinned. Yep. It's all over. And Sid, Sid has to kick out. Sid has to kick out of it because Whippleman doesn't get it. Whippleman <laughs> gets into the ring as Sid is kicking out. <laughs> and Hebner, like, <laughs> like I don't know what. I'm starting to think that Earl Hebner fucked this up. Um. Yeah. No, Earl fucked that up because. Like you said, if he if he had just gone over, I mean, they've done it so many times. They did it the following year, for Christ's sakes. Like Hebner goes and starts fucking around with Fuji. Or, and, well, yeah, but can I also do uh, option B here, which is it is Whippleman's fault because he was supposed to get up on the apron before Hogan hit the leg drop so that mm. Hebner would come over to him before Hogan hits the leg drop and then they have the argument Hogan gets a visual pinfall and and, and that and that's how and that buys time. I was gonna say what if what if because you want to protect Sid when Hogan body slams Sid and he's like holding his back. That's when Whippleman's supposed to jump up so that Hogan doesn't even run to give the leg drop. He goes over and starts fucking around with with Harvey Whippleman. Mm. And then that buys time. Yeah, but then you gotta do the DQ at that point. Because the manager uh, not necessarily. Well, not necessarily. Well, at the Mr. Perfect example earlier in the night with the same yep. official where they didn't call for a DQ even though Perfect l- literally fucking entered the ring. Mm-hmm. So Whippleman's in the ring now. Mm-hmm. He's Sid's kicked out. It's over. It's over. Yeah. I mean, I'm blaming everybody but Sid on this. <laughs> I'm blaming everybody, every fan. No, just, who's... If any, if anything, Sid's the only guy that saved this fucking debacle. Once again, another debacle in wrestling history that Sid, the ever the professional, has saved us from from a fucking Titanic esque catastrophe. <laughs> Sid, my heart will go on. And Hogan's like, this guy fucking kicked out of my finisher. <laughs> Literally, nobody has done that. No. No, because even like the, well, did the Warrior, Hogan hit the leg drop, but I think the ref was out, right? No. Yeah, yeah, he didn't. Yeah, there wasn't a count. And yeah. when he went for it again, he missed. He moved. yeah. So, nobody has kicked out of the leg drop. On, 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 on a pinfall. So, this yeah. is the first time. And if you're going to now, if you were doing it legitimately, mm-hmm. it's fine to do it here because this is the guy who's not going to be around after today. Right. So fuck his finisher. We already did that with Jake mm-hmm. <laughs> it is, it is DDT. That is now yep. a transitional move. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> everything is so fucked up that Hogan gets up and is like, all right, <laughs> what's going on here? 
like, who's this little guy? I don't even know who this is. This is actually how Hogan met Harvey Whippleman. They they, they didn't know each other before this. No. Hogan, yes. Hogan gets up and he goes, tell Dr. Iaconis to make sure you get me the prescription of the Lipitor. Uh, <laughs> Hulk, Hulk, did you have steroids shipped to you by uh, Vince McMahon at, uh, to the Nassau Coliseum on this date? I don't want to lie. I didn't. <laughs> all right. Well, it, it, all right. So now Whippleman is fully in the ring. He's got Hogan's attention. Now fucking Hebner has gone over to talk to Whippleman. And the whole thing's a shit show because... There's still a match going on. The manager, I guess, ha- hasn't done anything. You can't DQ him based on the based on the Mister Perfect precedent. Yes. So Hogan comes over and just sort of manhandles him. And you remember what he does, right? Yeah. It's kind of fun. It's kind of funny. He just kind of lifts him up, and well, you'll see. Get that little creep out of there! Oh, that's fair. That's real fair. That's the disqualification. The disqualification is Harvey Whippleman just getting picked up by Hogan. Fucking stupid. That's a, that's a, now had Harvey Whippleman come in and like swung at Hebner, that would have made more sense. Yeah. I mean, anything would have fucking made more sense than this. Yeah. So they ring the bell and, and by the way, DQ finish in the WrestleMania main event. It's mm-hmm. not something that uh, heretofore had been done, unless unless you consider the main event of WrestleMania four to be the Hogan Andre match, just because it's the number, it's the build match on the VHS tape. Yeah, but technically, <sighs> Savage DiBiase, which had to end in a pinfall, mm-hmm. and, al- so and also, yeah. Oh, so I'm now. Sorry. So, so they're all standing around like they like, and when Hogan grabbed Whippleman, you mm. could kind of see that they were talking to each other. Yeah. As like, all right, what the fuck are we doing here? And now we got Whippleman standing next to Sid Hogan on the other side. Hebner just kind of like in towards one of the corners. It's almost it looks like the beginning of the match. Yeah. <laughs> so fucking weird. But, oh, but wait, there's more. They're playing catch with Whippleman. Look at this. <laughs> and here comes Papa Shango, who starts out at a pretty good pace. Pretty good pace. Shango coming down with his freaking bathrobe and newspaper under his arm. He just took <laughs> a shit. Gets out of his easy chair, takes off the smoking jacket, and he makes just, his way down to the ring. He just took a massive shit in the morning. Mm-hmm. He's waiting for his pancakes and his Belgian waffle. And then his pace suddenly slows down because he's probably like, oh, what does it fucking matter? They already rang the bell. What does it matter? <laughs> Papa Shango! Where's he going? There's another sick man! Papa Shango! Okay. And now, coming up, we're going to get one of the great Easter egg moments in uh, World Wrestling Federation history. But before we, before we get to that, real quick, I just want to point out, it would have been way more effective if Shango came out maybe not with the hat and the cape that he wore or whatever but at least he comes out with the fucking smoking torch thing that he had and maybe his uh chain with the he- with the head on it you know the skull on it 
because he made this because we brought up the thing about curses and everything like that. Yep. It would have made so much more sense if that's how you get this whole Hogan's in peril is because the guy that's throwing curses at people comes out. And then you have the other guy from fucking Pots Unknown. The other guy. Fucking, the other guy that's a whack job comes out and saves the day. Yeah, he needed he needed the smoking skull there. And it would have would have kind of driven home that message i think and even you could play it out as he's not cursing hogan directly he's cursing hogan's movie career and that would explain a lot because it would explain three ninjas from mega mountain or whatever the fuck that shit was called blunder in paradise and all the rest this whole ending has five assholes and sid (laughs) we got five minutes and five seconds left in this video and it's going to take us approximately 38 minutes to get through (laughs) but I said there's an Easter egg, and uh, I I may have posted this to Twitter before. I it feels like the kind of thing that I would have posted at some point. Yeah. Now Hogan and Sid are fighting in the ring, and they're going to cut back to Papa Shango, and it's right at the moment that they cut back to Papa Shango that you get it, and it's less it's it's like less than half a second. Yeah. It's mayhem. There, I I always make sure to hit it right at the right at the correct time. So Hogan and Sid are fighting, and they cut back to Shango, and there's a guy holding up what appears to be a notebook. Mm. And uh, Keith, can you tell me what it says in large letters on that notebook? Uh, steroid abuser. I uh, know it. Does it say steroid abuser? I always thought it said steroid abuse question mark. I feel. Oh, maybe it, it looks to me like it's got an R at the end, but it could be steroid abuse question mark. <laughs> I would say steroid abuser is is probably just as good because it could be anybody, but he chose to hold it up. It's got to be steroid abuse question mark because <laughs> you're going to say that about Shango. I don't know if you're, you know, Shango doesn't necessarily look like he's juiced, you know. Hey, this guy's been watching the last four weeks of weekly TV. He, he, mm. he, think, he thinks he senses something here. Hmm. But the fact that that made it on there is kind of funny. Oh, it's fantastic. And, and it's on the network version, too, I, th- I think. Steroid abuse. Steroid And, of course, all the steroid stuff is coming down on them at this point and would be a yes. big factor in why Sid would leave. Yeah. So, Shango's still about 30 meters from the fucking ring. Mm-hmm. Maybe he needed a goddamn pole vault or something at this point. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the hell is wrong with this guy? And now the only interaction between Papa Shango and Hulk Hogan ever. Can we discuss the alliance between Papa Shango and Sid and what the nature of those talks were? I mean, Bone Street crew. (laughs) Well, Sid's not a Bone Street crew guy. Sid's a Bone Street crew guy. Is that the name of his softball team? I don't know. It is. <laughs> He's got, you know, Undertaker plays right field, Shango catches, and Sid plays first. <laughs> Sid eventually moved into a DH role uh, late, later in his career. Sid played first. Who pitches? Zuna. Yoko pitches. Because, you know, Yoko's not moving on the out. You know, he's not moving. Yeah. Now, so at maybe, this... maybe Zuna oh catches because you know hmm. let me mm-hmm. ask my brother brian what position in softball is like the least active catcher right field 
Yeah. Right no, field. No, he said he said um, Pete's saying right field. It's definitely right field. He said his league has a lot of lefties. I would say okay. catcher. I would say Zuna's a catcher, and, and Shango pitches. <laughs> the Bone Street Crew is the uh, softball team of the uh, WWF. All right, all right, all right. Let's eyes back on the prize here because okay, we still sorry. got we all still right, got okay. right, okay. still got four minutes and uh, thirty five seconds or something okay, left in okay. the. So at this point, this is where Hogan is tied up in the ropes, mm-hmm. and Sid grabs his hair. And I remember watching this live, mm-hmm. thinking they're gonna fucking cut Hogan's hair. <laughs> that's that's uh, yeah. I've always been this way, <laughs> always. <laughs> always, you love, you always. Love some the, haircut angles. A haircut angle is only a scissors away. <laughs> that's all I can all I can say about that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Jimmy Valiant knew that better than anybody. We're coming <laughs> for you, big man. I mean, how long? How long is he tied up in these ropes for? Sid Sid leaves the ring. I don't know what he's going to get—a softball bat or something. Mm, something like yeah. that, I think. And then all of a sudden, you're going to start to hear music. Hmm. And uh, you know, t- it takes them a little bit that they do say whose music that is. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait! 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 Hold on a minute. Yeah. You're telling me that there's music playing. Well, not yet. Okay. It's going to be playing uh, very, very close okay. to when, um, when, I mean, I don't know what, is Sid going to get the ring bell? Is this like the third guy who's going to get a ring bell tonight? I think, like, I think, I think he's just going to get a chair is what I think he's going to get. I think, but I could be wrong. Well, let's see. All right. So let's see. Let's, let's play the, let's play the video. And let's okay. see what happens. Sorry, I, I got a little lost there in my thoughts. All right, we hear a little music. I hear a little bit of music. No. No, that's what? Wait, that's, wait a minute. Who is that on. running down to ringside there? That. No, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold, wait, me... hold the phone here. No, that's okay. not Tony Atlas. But I do, I do know who that is. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I know who that is! It's fucking Judith Light! Here she comes! It's Judith Light! Wow, Judith Light! Oh my god! And Danny Pintaro is following her out. Judith Light <laughs> is coming out. Wow! She just clotheslined Shango right over the ropes, and now she's taking a chair shot from Sid. She looks fantastic. I have tears in my eyes because this is like a ninety-episode payoff here. <laughs> <laughs> this is a payoff to a joke from fucking ninety episodes ago. Yes, Judith Light comes down to save Hulk Hogan because Who's the Boss had just been canceled and she needed more work. That's who the second Ultimate Warrior was. <laughs> the, the, this, this, these things I believe, all right? The fucking payoff is a 90-episode payoff. I mean, we, we speculated uh, on that a long time ago. Yes, we and, did. Um, you'd like to think that maybe I was a little bit more prepared for it. No, I think I think it was perfect. Okay. 
So Sid's got a chair, and and this is now Sid interacting with the Warrior for the first time since SummerSlam '91. Judith, Ultimate Warrior, Light. Okay. And Warrior went into his hair salon shortly before this. Excuse me, Judith Light did, and said, "Give me the Zooey Deschanel. Who's Zooey Deschanel? Don't worry about it." (laughs) Like, and somehow the hairstylist knew that it required a great deal of bangs. It's more bangs than Lester, for God's sakes. (laughs) He just got nailed by a chair out of nowhere. Everybody here is Lester. I can't believe. Look at justice. Can you believe that? The ultimate warrior. I love that. I love when Hogan turns and like points and is like, "Can you believe it?" <laughs> like it's just this, he's got this open, gaping mouth, open look on his face. Ugh, no, because he's like, "This motherfucker's been running since SummerSlam '91 with that chair." Yeah, <laughs> that's what he's. That's what he's saying. Like, it, wait a minute, he ran through the curtain after SummerSlam and he finally arrived in Indianapolis. And he's a little slow. He's out of shape. It would have been funny if he was wearing the same. Trunks that he wore at SummerSlam '91. <laughs> no, that would have been a good continuity joke. They're the trunks that uh, she wore during the eighth season of Who's the Boss? Yeah, remember that episode where um, I believe it's when Angela, Tony sees Angela naked in the shower. <laughs> Those are the tights that he's wearing. I've never even seen Who's the Boss. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Warrior looks different, but he doesn't look all right. He doesn't, he just looks like a smaller version of himself, which yeah. is no different than the Hulk Hogan thing. Hogan's yeah. a smaller version of himself. But but I think the thing that throws people is how fucked up his hair is. It is. It's it's that, it's that, it's like when, all right, so you remember when like The Undertaker came back at WrestleMania 20 and he mm-hmm. had his, and it was after he had gone through the booger red. Yeah. And he had like the short, red, he had the short hair and then he had to grow his hair back. Yeah. And then the same thing happened again, um... After he shaved his head and he lost to Brock Lesnar, like I think the next time he came back on TV, he was he grew his hair out again and he had that weird hairdo. Yeah, it's the same thing with under with uh, Warrior. Shawn mm-hmm. Michaels too. When Shawn Michaels first came back, he had that he did the Judith Light haircut. Why are all these guys going to the Judith Light haircut? <laughs> Warrior kept trying to turn Hogan to the hard camera, and Hogan kept turning away. <laughs> like. Terry forever going into business for himself. Yeah. Well, I, I was gonna say, is it because he's like, brother, you don't look good, so let's not have you on the hot oh, camera. And uh Hogan grabbed that sign that we referred to earlier that said bring back the warrior that no. did not get confiscated. No. Yes. Why did I forget that? Well, this kid went home happy. That actually, you know what though, for a fan at that WrestleMania, that's a cool moment that he had that sign. All right, what would you rather have? Be the person who made that sign or the Hulk Hogan piece in the Middle East from Royal Rumble 91? <laughs> you know the one I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, that's like t- probably the piece in the Middle East because that's one that like... <laughs> it, that's one if, 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 if ever whatever Vince wanted to happen in real life happened, which is that WrestleMania and Hulkamania became like a real you know, thing that people talked about on the evening news and on entertainment tonight, that would have gotten on there, you know? I think the worst thing they could have done for Warrior coming back here, given what the circumstances are, is fucking having him pose. 
because it just immediately draws attention to the fact that he's a lot smaller. Yeah. I'm surprised that they did this. They should have just done a fucking hug it out in the ring or whatever. Seriously. But Hogan Hogan needed to do his pose routine. Yeah, I know, Pritchard. Yeah, that that yeah. There's that picture of Warrior from I think it's from either ninety or ninety one. It I think it's ninety one where he's just so roided out and he's just po- he's posing. And it's it's like one of the ones that would have been in like the magazine, and he's just so roided out, it's just crazy. Mm. And it's uh I'm looking at it right now. It's just this it's definitely from ninety one and he's just he's just so roided out, it's crazy. Oh, we get some super pyro around the ring there. Oh. Yeah. Some WrestleMania six style pyro. I mean, Warrior was so much smaller in ninety two that he he literally goes to wearing the the, the singlet thing. The yeah. singlet, yeah, with the muscles on it. Yeah, which I mean that's that's again, that just calls attention to it. Mm-hmm. But Warrior in ninety two, that run went a lot better than the one in ninety six, I can assure you. Oh yeah. Maybe that'll be our next uh, project. <laughs> oh god, try to rehabilitate the ultimate warrior. Rehabilitate. Let's, let's not and say we did. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't think we'll be doing that. But we still got three more weeks of this because uh, did, remember, this podcast is also its alternate title is and said justice for all. <laughs> we got three more weeks and hopefully some Boston Garden promos. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> did you go to that show on April 26, 1992? Yeah. Oh, well, I can't wait to get your thoughts and recollections on uh, sure. on, on that particular bout. We got down, we got up, we got funky, and we got bad. You sure did. I thought I was worried that this would run longer. I think this probably is going to be our longest podcast. I think it's going to go longer than the uh, casino one, hmm. which currently holds the record. Oh. Yeah, it beat Goodfellas by a couple of minutes. It did? Wow. Yeah. And the Goodfellas one came out uh, last May 11th, so... Uh, I was very proud of the fact that I released it exactly at 6.55 a.m. on uh, May 11th. <laughs> well, we, we finally made it through WrestleMania 8, and I just we have did. to say one thing to you, Keithy. Mm. You really are a funny guy! <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well. That's it, Henry! <laughs> Uh, Papa, I mean, I, I think we did. I think we did all right uh, analyzing that end part, uh, frame by frame. That's got to be the best fuck up in WrestleMania history, WrestleMania main event history, right? Um, uh, a lot of people will probably argue for Brock Lesnar uh, fucking up the finish of WrestleMania 19 mm. because he tried to do a shooting star <laughs> press with fucking. The angle halfway three quarters of the oh. way across the ring like he, the shoot- he's doing he's doing a shooting star press like he's the fucking barbarian doing the headbutt off the top rope oh you mean the shooting star headbutt <laughs> yes <laughs> like well there's a new move <laughs> how is that more effective than a regular headbutt don't worry don't worry about it <laughs> oh brock uh. The, the the big guy who could do a shooting star press and uh, he does it once and it gets all fucked up. 
everything up. Yeah, uh, I want to finish. I want to uh, finish WrestleMania by doing a shooting star press three quarters of the way across the ring. And uh, Vince's only responsible reply would have to be, "You're gonna fuck everything up." Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, I I can't believe I made it through this with my voice being the way that it is. I hope. I hope it isn't like one of those deals where people listen to 20 minutes of this and is like, I can't fucking listen to Winston. Anymore. No, sounds like, like, nope, you sound he, like a songbird. He sa- sound, sounds like Nina Blackwood after smoking half a pack of polymers. <laughs> <laughs> Although it's better than your suggestion earlier, which was that I do the Jim Cornette shoot interview thing where I go, you just got to go clear my yeah, throat. Every two minutes, just every time you go to talk, you just gotta go. <laughs> it's a great one. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> well, thank thank you for joining me on this. This is gonna oh, fucking yeah. take me forever to edit. Uh, well. <laughs> yes, but it, it, this is this is very important work that we're doing in the scheme of things. <laughs> very important work. <laughs> yes. We're getting we, graded on this. We we are like we are like a house cat. We are very important and we have very little to do. <laughs> so saith um, Betty so, Draper, and yes. uh, that's uh, it's about time I worked in a Mad Men thing because that's the show I like as much as The Sopranos. But I don't think I've ever used a Mad Men drop on GFA Live. No. Yeah. No. Maybe someday. Maybe. Maybe someday soon. Maybe. But it, Again, I thank you, Keithy. I, I thank you. Next week, we're doing the April 12th uh, Superstars. And uh, I know. <laughs> and uh, may- maybe, I should, maybe I should preview uh, the April 12th Superstars. Uh, of course, the, back in those days, they would actually tape the Superstars after Mania would be done like, you know, four weeks beforehand. Yeah. And... Uh, I, you know, it, whether they would kick off any angles, probably not, because a lot of it is going to be rehash of, uh, it's probably just all filler shit, right? Uh, yeah, for the most part. And also another big deal is it becomes WWF superstars. Oh, that's why. And it's this on is, the network. and this is where they start to appear on the network. Yep. So the uh, we're gonna see Owen Hart, you know, once he wipes the tobacco off his face. Yep. Pop, Papa Shango, mm-hmm. again, that our our main eventer, Duggan and Slaughter, which apparently is gonna be still a thing. Mm-hmm. Sean Sean Michaels, mm-hmm. the Moonty, mm-hmm. and the Undertaker. Wow. I mean, if you want my opinion, mm. there's only one thing you can say about that. Okay. Look at this fucking lineup. <laughs> Look at this fucking lineup. All right, I got to get out because this yeah. thing's every second that we continue talking is just more pain for me in editing. All right, okay, all right. We'll yeah. just end, end the show already. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yes, if you if you enjoyed this this thing of ours, <laughs> whatever happened there. Whatever happened here. Please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, or wherever fine podcast reviews are accepted because it provides what is known as social proof that you are listening to and enjoying this program. Keep these on Twitter at 
Flounder824. I am on Twitter at GFLatoudPod. And tune in next time for another exciting episode of GFA Live. Whatever happened there? God rest his soul, man. End the show, for Christ's sakes, Vance. Fucking break up my party. <laughs>